Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Structured. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. I think Jeff has some worries about Pac-12 slander in college football. <laughs> We're probably going to be talking about some food today. There are Christmas trees up amidst the staff. Coop is back in the house. Justin Cooper, we haven't had him on in a long time. He's with us out in Los Angeles today, so we're excited. Jeff, what's up, buddy? I'm excited to be here. It's a, today is a wonderful day. It is It is. It is a dream day for Jeff Schwartz. I get to watch. Well, I get to work in the morning, obviously, with you, which I love. To, I love to do. But thank you. I get to fry a turkey, eat a bunch of food, not feel bad about it because it's Thanksgiving, and I get to watch three NFL games. And if I wanted to, I could throw in Air Force, Colorado State, and I could throw in the Egg Bowl, which I'll probably bet on both of those because I'm a de- I'm a degenerate. So it is just a wonderful day. Where there are no concerns, I got my parents here. They they can kind of help us watch the kids. I get to watch football all day. It is a wonderful day today. Yeah, well, I mean, I pretty much did the food thing yesterday. I traveled and had my meal with my parents yesterday because, well, figured today I'll be watching a lot of things, paying attention for tomorrow's show. It just makes things a little bit easier. But the meal was solid yesterday. Football at the same time. You can, but traveling back and forth and <laughs> all of those yeah. things, yes. 
So I've uh, so so we had the meal yesterday, and then uh, I picked up some things last night. So I would still have the Thanksgiving spirit today. So I should be ready to rock. And then I'm going to go see Creed two uh, later oh, on tonight as tonight. well. Well, I mean, it started yesterday, but all I, movie theaters have changed in that we get these advanced tickets now where you can reserve seats right. and you don't have to show up an hour early to get the best seats. And you can kind of craft it where if you don't want to see the previews, you can show up 20 minutes late. Your seat's still going to be there. So uh, Creed two, obviously, something that I think most of our audience probably is going to try and go see. It's not the best time just because I was sitting there thinking about it. It's like, yeah, there's football, but there's a DVR. That middle game's not like, I don't know. We're going to talk a good bit about the NFC East today. Redskins, Cowboys, looks like there's certainly things on the line here. Not the least of which I would say, Jeff, is just the idea that without Alex Smith, can the Redskins hang on? The Cowboys are surging just a little bit in that division. The Eagles... I don't know what's going on with the Eagles, but I think the 48-7 to kind of maybe put a stamp on things, but they're not totally out of it yet. So we're going to see Colt McCoy today, and there are a whole lot of threads amidst all the Washington Redskins websites out there that basically say that Colt McCoy could become Nick Foles. Uh, I hate to tell you, but I don't think that the Redskins are the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. But it's a fascinating division in that Odell came out and said, look, we're going to run the table and make the playoffs. Like, it's not the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. Just because of that division, they're not going to necessarily have to do that. The Alex Smith thing is just, it's horrifically unfortunate, not just for for the Washington franchise and the rest of the people on that team, but just for Alex in general, because at his age, that's a really tough injury to try to come back from. Oh, that is. And, and I play with Alex. He's a fantastic guy. My brother played with him for the last two years. And uh, if you look at Alex's career, he's been like the model for how a mentor should be in the NFL. Now, not everyone has to mentor, be a mentor. I get it. And it's fine. I, I don't think, I don't expect that for everyone. But, you know, he was in San Francisco. He mentored Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick took his job. And look, there's an underwritten rule in the NFL. It's not. It's underrated because it's not quite true all the time, which is you can't lose your job to injury. Well, he right. lost a job to injury with Colin Kaepernick, yep. right? Goes to Kansas City. He wins the division two years in a row. He goes to the playoffs four out of five years, and they still draft Pat Mahomes anyways. And he comes in. Look, and, and people ask, well, what is what is Alex Smith? How does he mentor Pat Mahomes? Uh, and I'll tell you how it is. It's not telling Pat, okay, in this play, with this coverage, you throw the ball here. That's Andy Reid's job. Alex Smith's mentorship of Pat Mahomes was guiding him through the daily NFL routine. Okay, how do you? How do I prepare? How do I strengthen my arm? What do I do in the weight room? How do I recover? How do I, you know, how much time do I spend watching film? How do I watch film? Well, what, what should I look for? That type of stuff. And he did a great job of that. We see that with, with Mahomes. He goes to Washington. He gets $71 million, so I don't feel that terrible for him. And then he breaks his leg in half, and you know, he's out you know, 34 years old with a compound Tim Fib. I mean, that's, oh boy, yeah, that's bad hard news. to come back from. So I wish him the best in, in, in recovery. He's a great dude, a uh, great family. And, and we talk about Washington. So here's the thing with, with Cole McCoy. We've seen this year, this is really for today's game uh, alone. We see this year Matt Barkley, Brock Osweiler, Nick Mullins, um, who are the other 
the other backups that have played the really well in their first start. First start, they seem to play really well. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, obviously, the the defense doesn't have great film on you, and, and that's important for tendencies. Okay, does he, you know, does he throw the ball to his right? Does he throw the ball to his left? How deep is he throwing the ball? What what passes can he make? But I think also when a backup quarterback makes his first start, I've been in the situation as well. Is you you play a little bit better like you feel like you have to do a little bit more and your energy level kind of picks up just a tad right and guys seem to just play better in that first start and you have a Redskins team playing a division rival the Redskins also need to win this game if they win this game they're two up on Dallas with with five left um because Colt McCoy gonna pull Nick Foles I don't think so but he also has been this offense for, for quite a few years. I think he'll be efficient today. I think he'll do enough to cover the seven. Uh, whether or not they win, will be interesting because the Cowboys defense is playing really well right now. Um, especially that, that defensive line. The Redskins are down at least two starters. Maybe Trent Williams comes back today. So I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, all the games. But, yeah, the middle game is probably the game where if you're going to take a nap or you're going to uh, do something other than football, that's the game probably to take that nap in. Yeah, so we're going to see Colt McCoy today. We're also going to see Chase Daniel today without Mitch Trubisky on the field. Uh, Daniel has attempted 78 passes in the regular season since entering the league in 2009. A 51% completion percentage, just 5.7 average depth of throw. This from ESPN's Mike Clay. Just a 6.15 yards per attempt average with one touchdown and one interception. You're going from 65% completion of Mitchell Trubisky with a 7.7 YPA to a guy that just has not played a whole lot of football. They're playing against the Lions team that's sort of annoyingly stingy at times. There's no on Johnson playing today either. We're missing some of the guys you'd want to see in this first matchup. Chicago coming off the win on Sunday Night Football over the Minnesota Vikings. They're 7-3. and three. This is an important game for them just to continue to set the pace in the AFC North. And Matt Patricia is the kind of coach that would come in and try to win this game for sure at 4-6, and six, even though it looks like Detroit's not going to be going anywhere. This has got to be a game you would expect where Chicago is going to have to find a way to run the football and try to win this thing on defense because I don't anticipate Chase Daniel even having this success that Colt McCoy might against Dallas. We were talking to a Chase Daniel expert as I have protected him for 30 of those 78 snaps. In his wow, so that's almost like half have, his career. I feel like I have intimate knowledge of Chase Daniel. He started a game in 2013 for us uh, when we were – with the playoffs wrapped up. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, he's going to be efficient. Um, you know, the 50%, I think he tries to take more chances than Mitch Trubisky would, which is shocking because Trubisky does take a lot of chances. Um, I think Matt Nagy will have him generally in good spots, and whether or not he completes those passes and does what he has to do is obviously up to him. Um, I think when you have a, a, uh, a Bears team that relies on their defense on a short week. I kind of feel like that's tough to do on a short week because you're beat up. Remember, the Bears played the night game on Sunday. Now they're going on the road and playing <coughs> the early, early, early game. This is even, you know, it's eleven thirty local time when they're playing this game, right? So their bodies have not been able to recover in a manner that they normally would be able to. So I think it's going to be tough. Uh, defensively, they're just not going to be as sharp, in my opinion. Um, but carrying on Johnson being out, f- 
for the Lions is a problem. Um, yeah. He is really good. Uh, he's had a great season, I think. And they have a run game, finally. They've never had a run game for, like, the last eight years. Um, and you have uh, uh, a, a back who's able to help them do that. So that does worry me for them. This will be uh, a lot for, for Stafford to have to do. But I um, I like the Lions. I kind of think I like the Lions in this game. It's weird. I mean, I don't think that you're totally wrong to think that maybe the Lions could win this game. This looks like it could be a perfect storm against the Chicago Bears. And if you look at the Bears' remaining schedule, they play at the Giants 10 days from now after they play Detroit. That's one that you look at and say, yeah, we should be able to win that game. Then you play the Rams. Then you play the Packers. Neither one of those is going to be easy. Then you play at San Francisco. They can be a little bit annoying. And then you finish up at Minnesota. So it's not what you would call the easiest schedule in the world coming for the Bears. This is a game where really you look at it if you're Chicago, a divisional game against an opponent that I think you think you're better than, especially with what your defense might be able to do to cause havoc, and especially without on Johnson in the lineup. You have to think if you're the Chicago Bears, yeah, we've got to get this one. Looking at the rest of the schedule, if we go to 8-3, and three, we put a decent stranglehold on that division, gives us a little bit of breathing room. If we're 7-4 and four coming out of this with a divisional loss with Rams, Packers, and at Vikings still left in our final five, that's a little bit dicey. Yes, look, you have to win the games you're supposed to win, in my opinion, to be a, a good team in this NFL. And I, I, I'm not quite sold on the Bears. I mean, I think there's a lot of hype around them, and, and rightfully so, right? I mean, they've had a good start to the season. They're, they've played better than people expected, right? They're, they have the young quarterback, coach, and coordinator like the Rams have had last year with Goff, and this year, obviously, uh, continuing forward. So there's a lot of excitement there, and I, I get it, right? You have a great defense, but look, defense in the NFL, it can win you games, but you got to be great at quarterback. I mean, you really do, and you know, this Bears team, let's say they go in to play the Saints in, in the Dome in the playoffs. They're not winning that game. They're not, probably not winning by – they're probably not going to – they're probably lose by 10 to 14 points. I mean, the defense doesn't matter as much if you can't score 35 points against the Saints, right? So um, I just don't buy Trubisky quite yet. I think he makes some really bonehead decisions and throws, and when he can, when he can hone that down, I'll be more of a believer in the Bears. And, and lastly, we, we didn't think – this is going to be their year, right? This is going to be a year where yes. you build, you kind of build up, and it happens to be the NFC North is probably not as good as we thought. The Packers aren't as good. The Vikings are, are, are not as good, and and uh, the Lions aren't as good. Now the Lions, I don't think people thought would be would be any good. I think they're. I, I like Stafford more than most people do. So, this is a year where the Bears. This is a free, this is a bonus year for them, man. This is this is fantastic for where they where they are. If they win the division. They'll be a three or four seed. They'll play the Panthers. They might play the Seahawks in the first round. Uh, 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 they could win those games at home, especially. It'd be cold and windy, obviously, in Chicago. Um, if they fall and play the wild card, I don't think they'd win a road game uh, in the playoffs. But you never know. So a big game for them to keep, kind of just kind of solidify their position in the in the North with the Vikings uh, two games back. Um, that this would be a to be up three games. Obviously, the Vikings will play again this weekend, but to be up three games uh, after this weekend would be would be huge for them. Yeah, no, it absolutely would. So we'll continue really to break down. They really have one, they're up one and a half games because they had that Minnesota had the tie. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll continue to break down all three of these matchups. We'll go back. We'll talk some about Monday Night Football as well. There's just so much to get into 
and there's a lot of sports to watch when you're you know not arguing with your uncle that you don't agree with politically <laughs> at some point today at the at the lunch table or at the dinner table and I'm saying politically meaning on whatever side it is I don't care what side it is whatever side it is your uncle is going to be on the other one and you're going to be staring at a plate so we'll we'll try to set the stage to give you something to look at on the flat screens as well today we're gonna have a lot of fun our telephone number is 877-99 on fox that's 877-996-6369 it's thanksgiving let's have some fun this is outkick with jay martin jeff in for clay on fox sports radio welcome back to the geico outkick studios happy thanksgiving to you and yours wherever you might be listening to us Thanks for making us a part of your day. Clay Travis, out for the remainder of the week. He'll be back on Monday with plenty of takes on the Iron Bowl and certainly anything that's going to happen in the NFL this weekend. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. I'm joined by Jeff Schwartz. He's at G-E-O-F-F Schwartz on Twitter. There will be no J-E-F-F on this program. Crew out in L.A. spinning the Dallas Radio style for us as well. Three football games today in the NFL. There was some basketball last night that we will discuss as we continue to move forward. We'll talk some college football as well today and probably also put a pin in some of it and talk about it tomorrow also. But one thing that I noticed coming out of Monday Night Football, or maybe not noticed, but I started to question, is as things have changed, and first of all, football may have peaked on Monday night. Like I, I haven't had Probably. more fun watching a football game in a long time than that. Now, I know it wasn't great defense, but I really take umbrage with the folks that say there was no defense because that's not what I saw when I saw Aaron Donald and D Ford <laughs> Four and a lot scores. of Yeah, I mean, I I think that that just speaks to how great the offensive talent is that there were that many points scored. It's not like nobody was making plays on defense. It was just that good. It was just up and down. It was the easiest over in the world. And I, I don't gamble, and I almost put money on it when I saw 64. And people thought, oh, 64 is ridiculous. No, it's really not. Not with these two teams. But it was so much fun to watch this game. But you look at Andy Reid, and you look at Sean McVay, and you look at the guys that are winning, even back to Doug Peterson and Frank Reich. And obviously Frank Reich doing some pretty good work with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis right now. Is it? Are we at a point now, Jeff, when you look at the NFL as a whole and you look at how defenses have been handcuffed in their ability to be able to do much of anything on a consistent basis where it does not make a tremendous amount of sense right now to hire a young defensive head coach? Are we to the point where it's going to be a run on all of these offensive-minded guys? Like We've talked about it before, like Lincoln yeah. Riley and some of those guys, and then some that are going to be probably not qualified but hired because they've scored a lot of points and it's going to fail spectacularly. But it appears like to win in this NFL, where I think the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Rams are playing a completely different, different game almost yeah. than the rest of the NFL – and basically, they're the only teams that can beat each other at this stage. You might throw a New England in, or once in a while, somebody might be able to get them. But it sure yeah. looks like these offensive coordinators, these young guys, these young minds that are creative, the Kyle Shanahan's of the world, that looks like the trend in the NFL right now. And it looks like if that's where the game has evolved to, then that's where a lot of these franchises are going to have to go if they want to compete. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's an interesting stat I came, I came upon. Record when team scores at least 40 points, okay? 
Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Steve Young, Jim Kelly, Philip Rivers, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Staubach, Elway, Breeze, and Rodgers are, are combined 204-2 and two when your team scores 40 points. Pat Mahomes is 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> <laughs> that's Wow, that's, that's just ridiculous. Um, so here's the thing about, about what I took away from Monday night. I think in your point about peaking is probably correct, right? This is not, in my opinion, the new norm of no. the NFL. Um, there's, I think there's a stat here where I've seen, um, uh, you know, the scoring wall, it looks a lot, is only like two points more in general than like the 70s and 80s, what teams averaged in those eras. I mean, it, it, it seems like it's, oh, here we go. Um, NFL teams, aver- in 1962, NFL teams averaged 22.3 points per game. They average 24.2 now. So, There's a lot of points, but there is some defense being played. So here's why I don't think that that was the future of the NFL. And you mentioned the teams that are highly explosive on offense, Chiefs, Saints, Rams, Kyle Shanahan, I think, eventually with with his offensive mind. Um, They need some more pieces, but yeah. Yes. Well, Jimmy G being being healthy would be. That hurt. Yeah, right. The way they played with Nick Mullins against the Raiders, I know the Raiders aren't very good, but that's very impressive anyways. Yes. Especially in a short week. So the reason why this is not – the new norm is because we don't have 32 Andy Reid and Sean McVay's. We don't have 32 Pat Mahomes and Jared Goff's. And we know that there has to be a relationship too between the quarterback and the OC, right? Jared Goff was not what he is now with Jeff Fisher as his head coach, correct? So there's also has to be the marriage of coach and quarterback. And you mentioned the, the up-and-comers, you know, like even Sean McVay's only second year, right? And, and Kyle Shanahan is second year as a head coach. Um, you mentioned Lincoln Riley. But there's not a, a, a flush group of, quote-unquote, offensive minds that are that are, they're, they're coaches right now. We have John DeFilippo right. in the NFL. He's who, probably who, the top guy that, that's not yes. a head coach right now that, that's and probably going to get a job at the end of this season somewhere. He will, right. And, and But otherwise, we're in the NFL. I mean – that's kind of the one name that we're hearing as far as OCs that could be the next young up and coming guy. Look, it's kind of Sean McVay came out of nowhere, right? He wasn't even the OC in Washington, really. He was quarterback yeah. coach because Jay Gruden was calling plays. So, you know, there, there could be a guy here and there. The Chiefs have, have a young quarterback coach. Maybe someone tries to steal another Andy Reid guy. But if you look at her college football, Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, uh, I mean, th- those are like the two names, really, when we talk about. Uh, guys that are offensive gene guru guys. I mean, I think I think Matt Campbell's a defensive guy at Iowa State. I, I couldn't. I'm not quite certain on that. But you know, they rely on their defense. Really, he's a name that's been brought up as as a possible replacement for for Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer. I mean, I I don't know. I if you're going to act like that on the sidelines, you, you got to go. I mean, I, I can't. You're, you're obviously ill. I mean, there's there's no other explanation for that behavior on the sidelines on Saturday. I I, I got to think that you're. And I did a, a radio hit in Cleveland yesterday with Dustin Fox, who played for Urban, uh, not played for Urban, yeah. but you know, Ohio State guy. He, he's like, he thinks Urban Meyer is legitimately ill. So um, uh, there's not a lot of these coaches out there. There's also, you know, this is a, a, a draft class, a quarterback draft class that um, is uh, is 
not as as great. So you, you know you might not get those young quarterbacks paired with with those coaches. We see Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, um, you know, playing with guys that are not offensive minds, and they're not. You know, so you have to match these guys up. Um, and I think that's the important part that we're missing here is that yes, defense is a little undervalued. But look at the Bears. Look what they're. Look at the Cowboys relying on their defense. You can play defense. In the NFL, the Saints have played decent defense recently. The Chiefs and yes. Rams have not, and that's why the Chiefs and Rams are not making the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Look at the Steelers. The Steelers have played really good defense lately. Now, their offense is not is not the, the, the Chiefs or the Rams, but they can put up 30 points in a game, but their defense is also playing really well. So defense, there is a, a spot in the NFL for defense, especially if you can rush the passer. And... The Bears can do that now. I think the Bears, I told you, aren't winning the, aren't winning the NFC because the Saints can do both. They can rush a passer, play defense, and score a lot of points. So obviously you can do, you can find a way to do some of that. And remember too, we're in a, we're in a league of a hard cap. So you, you can't really build both sides of your offense. I mean, it's both sides of your team. You, you can pay for a pass rusher, a great corner, and then your offense, or you pay for your defense and a little bit on your offense. You can't really pay for both. Yeah, the salary cap kind of changes. I heard Robert Mays of the Ringer break this down, talking about when you look at the people that go after the Texans when they were struggling early in the season for not being able to protect Deshaun Watson. Well, the reason that you can't protect Deshaun Watson is because of what you had to give up to go get Deshaun Watson. You can't do it all. Because you had to go up and do that, you gave up the possibility to find somebody that could protect him. Maybe you could have done a better job but you can't just fill every hole on a football team. You have to make concessions because this is not baseball. You're not just out there throwing $300 million at guys. You have to fit it within this cap number, right. and sometimes that can make it tough. And that's where you look at the Washington Redskins who are going to be playing today, and you say, God, they are in trouble because of the money that they've already given to Alex Smith. That's 71 that's guaranteed and good for Alex Smith in getting that that's still going to count like 20-some million against the cap next year. Like, they're pretty much stuck with this guy for at least not just one more season, but two more seasons. And this is one of those situations where we don't know how or when Alex Smith's going to come back from this horrific injury that he suffered on Sunday. So that sets that franchise back because of the money that they had to give to him. It does, but, you know... This is the thing. It's an unfortunate injury, but I don't feel bad for the Redskins. I mean, I think that was a good investment for Alex Smith. You, you paid him. I feel great for Alex at least getting the money, right? Um, yeah, sure. So, yes, it will. if he doesn't play, it will. I mean, look at the Cowboys. They they have the Romo dead money still. Um, oh, no, it's going to set them back a big time. You know, they, they thought he was the quarterback of the future, and they're not bad enough to draft a quarterback. But now, this year, they have to draft a quarterback, I think, at some point in the draft. And yeah, you, I think they do, too. So you're taking a resource that you could use, you know, for the offensive line, for another playmaker on offense, for yeah. a, another playmaker on defense, and you're using that pick on a quarterback who, you know, may or may not play this year, next year, the year after, because Alex could come back healthy. I mean, we don't know. I, I hope he does, but it's a tough age to to do that, in my opinion. Um, so you're you know, you're now using a draft pick on a quarterback when you can use it for a playmaker. So yeah, it does set your franchise back. When your starting quarterback is not playing, I'm glad this year, though, that generally speaking, we've had healthy quarterbacks. I know people complain about the rules, um, but the rules were put in place. So we, you know, today, unfortunately, we have to watch two backup quarterbacks play. Um, but the rules were put in place so we don't have to do that. So we get to watch the best <laughs> right. quarterbacks play all season long. 
Yeah, the Redskins, in contrast to some of these other teams, the Jared Goff-led Rams and the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs, you look at the Washington Redskins leaders right now offensively. Alex Smith, obviously, is the leader in passing yards, even though he's not going to play anymore this season. He's 34 years old. Their leading rusher is Adrian Peterson, obviously, at 33. And Jordan Reed is their leading receiver, and he's not exactly a spring chicken. He hasn't been in the league as long as it feels like he is. But he's about to turn 29. Like, you look at young football teams all across the league, and Washington, it seemed like Washington's window, if they had a window, and I don't think that they were going to win a Super Bowl this year anyway, but their window may have already closed. Like, you talk about having to use another draft pick on a quarterback, maybe they may have needed to do that anyway with the age of Alex Smith. But certainly, one thing that you can't say about the Washington Redskins is they have a lot of weapons on offense. Because they don't, especially in the receiving core. They don't have guys that are household names that you know right. off the top of your head. Like Josh Doxson, I think, is about it. Like there's just well, there's Jordan not Reed, a whole lot out there. And Jordan Reed has been a solid player. He's, he's also been an injury risk. Yeah, he's just hurt all the time. Look, and their left tackle's old. He's got a he's got a busted knee that he's got he's dealing with and he's out with a thumb injury now, but he's got a knee he's had a really bad knee, you know, the bone on bone type of stuff, which is never good. Um no, you're right. The window seems to, I never even think about that with the age of their of their group. I mean, you know, like a, like the Browns, the Browns are they can get some coaches. Yeah, like, their absolutely. Team, they're so young. I mean, they don't have any I don't think they have any of their core players like over twenty six years old. Um, and they have some good core players that are young like that are Landry, already showing flat. Landry's fantastic. Like he's probably the oldest core player they have because they have, you know, Mayfield obviously, Ninjoku, uh, Garrett, um, like Nick the, Chubb, core, Nick Chubb. Like their core, uh, Denzel Ward. I mean, their core is so young. Landry's so, twenty five. I mean, yeah, he's not. He's and not he's old. like the yeah, he's the veteran on right. that team. And then you look at on the other side of the ball, too, like Miles Garrett and you mentioned Denzel Ward. They are just loaded with young talent. I think you're right. That's the team where you need to go get one of these. If you can find a Sean McVay or somebody like that, you need to get somebody in there. You're gonna you're gonna have to almost get lucky here because I think any yeah. rep- reputable coach is not gonna go to Cleveland just because their ownership is a complete disaster. And how much do you trust that Haslam will wait for things to get better? I mean, there's no guarantee that you bring in a new coach next year; it just becomes better right away. Um, and does it help that John Dorsey's there? Uh, now, yeah, I, mean, I mean, John Dorsey yes. has to inspire a little bit more confidence. Now, you still have to deal with Haslam, but uh, John Dorsey has. We saw what he was able to do in Kansas City. And what he left that franchise with when he departed and came to Cleveland, so that should at least did give, maybe help them land somebody. Con- he did give a couple of bad contracts in Kansas City. That's why he was kind of let go. Um, but but his drafting ability to acquire talent has, has been has been very you know, huge in, in Kansas City. Um, so the question is is you know what type of coach can you bring in? Do you do you reach for a um, Condoleezza Rice? Yeah, well, look, that was, simply put, that was a, a PR move. Look, if you if you um, are interviewing Condi Rice for a front office position job, sure. Oh, you should. You absolutely but, should. But but, but that, that's how the tweet should read. Not that she's – because we know everyone knew, and even people that aren't – that like are a champion for 
uh, you know, women's rights and women's equality and all that stuff, right? They knew that this was not a head coaching interview job. No. Like, we, we, like, we, like, the, when I first read the tweet, I thought to myself, wow, the Browns are trying to get some good pub. And Condoleezza Rice is trying to, like, push her name in the NFL because she loves it. She loves NFL. She was part of the, I mean, loves football. She's part of the culture ball. Uh, uh, she's part of the college football p- committee. She's part of the college basketball like oversight committee. Right. Like I mean, she's and, a giant sports fan, and she's an incredibly smart woman, and she right. is a and leader. So, and, and, and so she's qualified, I think, to 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 get an interview for a front office position. Um, and 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 I think NFL teams would more than happy hire her if that's what she wa- if she really wanted. But it doesn't even seem like she and she she came out right away and refuted that. And I loved her statement, by the way, where she said, um, "I won't run a prevent defense if I became the head coach." <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's the way you you are hired right now. Um, uh, no, so look, I think it's a fabulous thing to interview her for a front office job. We see more women in the NFL. Look, we know what Amy Trask did for the Raiders and yeah, how she she's was great. successful. There's you can be a, a, a woman and and succeed. In, on the front office side, and there are women now that are in their coaching interns that are full time coaches. That's fabulous, but to be a head coach without, without any coaching experience um, is very tough. And, and people say, "Well, she can just be the CEO." They're, the CEO of the team is the general manager. Like you have someone in place already who is the CEO of the team. I, I talked to when I was in Detroit. Uh, you know, when you become older, you kind of just like talk to everyone that you would never talk to when you like. I would never talk to the general manager when I was a young player, and I was like sit down at lunch with the general manager of Detroit, just talk to him about like what his job was, and he's like, yeah, I mean he he's got he's a CEO, he's dealing with the budgets, with the staff, with the people, everything, right? The facility, that's his job. Coach's job is to coach, um, and you have to have. And I know people say, well, you don't have to have football; you do have to have football experience. Like you, you do, you do. Like there's no. There's there's no way to not have that experience. So I think it's a great idea to interview her for a front office job, but not she can't be head coach. Yeah, no, we we agree a hundred percent. Let's go out to Los Angeles. Let's find out what happened last night in the wild and woolly world of sports. Let's give it to Brian Finley for the first time on Outkick the Coverage. Brian, take hey, it away. Hey guys, thank you so much. Uh, NBA schedule had thirteen games last night. LeBron James impressed in his return in Cleveland. James multitask. He had 32 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists as the Lakers held off the Cavs 109-105. The Warriors, when will this losing skid end? And when will these egos be held in check? They have dropped four in a row after Oklahoma City blew them out 123-95. And at this point, you also have to credit Thunder's Russell Westbrook. He had a triple-double. The Celtics have lost three in a row. Head coach for Boston, Brad Stevens, calling out his team after the loss and said, quote, maybe we're not that good. Well, the Bucks, Grizzlies, Bulls, Rockets, Nuggets, Kings, Mavericks, Hornets, 76ers, they all played well enough to win. And, of course, the three NFL games today on Thanksgiving, as you guys were talking about, first at 12.30 Eastern, it's Bears at Lions, then the Redskins will visit the Cowboys at 4.30, and the nightcap will feature the Falcons and the Saints starting at 8.20. Back to you guys. Thank you, Brian. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Jeff Schwartz down in Charlotte. I'm Jason Martin in Nashville. Clay Travis will be back on Monday. Crew out in L.A. getting the job done for us, as always. Good job by Brian Finley. It's the first time I've heard him here on Fox Sports Radio. That was solid. That was an affable voice. That it's Brian it's Finley had. Very voice. accommodating. Oh, Voice for radio. Thank you so much, guys. I look up to both of you, and uh, it's an honor to be oh, here. Oh, sorry. 
Well, so that's that's not that's <laughs> that's not a bar. That's not where you want to aspire to, yeah. Brian. Let's let's look at a little bit higher. J- Jason Thank and I both have a face you. for radio, so hopefully that's a little bit better for you on your end. Indeed. So uh, the Warriors situation is something I can't wait to talk about because that's fascinating to me. Br- Brad Stevens coming out and saying the Celtics might not be very good. Yeah, he's right. Their offense is putrid. They this do not like, look good offensively like, at all. This is like in September when we say the I NFL know. teams suck. And then, and then I know. I'm not saying they're not going to be good by the time <laughs> it matters. Right now they're not playing great basketball. But you don't know how many chances you're going to have to talk about a Warriors losing streak. So we're going to take that advantage as, as we can. But we're not done talking about the Browns. Certainly not by a long shot talking about the NFL situation. Not just the games today, but everything that's going to happen this weekend. Some of the playoff situations may get into this Pac-12 argument today because Jeff really wants to mob for Mike Leach and Washington oh, yes. State. So we're going to talk about all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to join the program, it's 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. We will come back and we will continue to talk about what some of these teams need to do that are looking towards head coaches and whether or not we are going to see this offensive trend considering three teams, I think, higher defensive minds, the Titans and Lions among them, and I guess you could say the results are a little bit mixed there. We'll start there. We'll continue to move. It's J. Martin Jeff in on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Happy Turkey Day. We'll be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. Fox Sports Radio. Outkick the Coverage Radio Program. Thanksgiving Day edition. Glad to have you with us. Clay Travis back on Monday. I'm Jason Martin. Here in Nashville, host of the Big Six here on WGFX, one of our fine Fox Sports Radio affiliates, Jeff Schwartz down in Charlotte. He played on the offensive line for eight years. One thing, we may not have seen a ton of defense on Monday Night Football. We saw some very good plays defensively. That's one of the reasons I love the game so much is it wasn't just a Big 12 game. Those that tried to fire back on back at me on Twitter at Jmart Zone and say that there was no defense played. There was defense played. There wasn't great defense consistently. And there's not just worlds of talent on all spots. But there are some absolute studs out there. Uh, Ebicom and certainly Aaron Donald for the Rams. D. Ford, Smith for the Chiefs. Uh, Houston made a couple of plays. I would still love to see what Kansas City's defense would look like if Eric Berry um, could get on the field and, and what difference he could make uh, out there for them. But, Jeff, you have to look at the offensive line play and enjoy that on Monday night as well with the Rams and with the Chiefs. And, of course, the Saints are doing the same thing. I obviously can't look at it and break it down from the same perspective that you can. Your brother plays for the Chiefs' offensive line. But those are two teams that give their quarterbacks a chance. And obviously, Pat Mahomes is quite an athlete. Jared Goff doesn't take off and run very often. But I will say this. Yeah, he did. You're right. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz right now. I heard this yesterday. Someone on ESPN was talking about how much Carson Wentz has to prove because you look at the Eagles right now and you look at the fact that Carson Wentz has never won a playoff game. So they went back and basically said, well, it was Nick Foles that won that Super Bowl. Carson Wentz hasn't won anything. I think that's dogging the wrong side here. I don't look at Carson Wentz and say that's any part of the problem, really, in Philadelphia. Am I wrong to suggest that? I think Carson Wentz has played very well. Like maybe even, I think statistically, a better year than he had last year. 
He is. He's a, he, statistically, his year is better this year than it was last year. The problem with the Eagles, I think, a little bit was, I know people get upset when you say this, Like, I think they're off-season, they were a little full of themselves. And it's, a, it's okay. You want a Super Bowl. Celebrate it for a while, too. You're, you're the underdog. I mean, Doug Peterson's writing a book already? Yeah, like, a little quick. It, 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 just seemed, it just seemed like, I know that, that Lane Johnson gets criticized for his comments about, you know, I'd rather have fun than win Super Bowls, things like that. I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, whatever. But... um Last year, they were able to withstand a whole bunch of injuries. They injured the left tackle, middle linebacker, Sproles, uh, their best special teams player, Maragos. And they, they had issues last year. They were able, obviously quarterback. This year, though, they haven't been able to overcome their injuries. Their entire secondary is depleted. You know, they've had injuries up front with Lane Johnson. Jason Peters has a partially torn bicep. They, they just haven't had the same success. So Wentz, I think, is doing fine. Plus, I really think that Frank Reich and John Filippo leaving – Seem to be big yeah, losses that hurt. because we see that those guys obviously had a lot of input in the game plan and were able to guide Doug Peterson's situations. I think too that this idea of being aggressive really got the Eagles going last year, but this year it's hurt them. I mean, they've been almost too aggressive this year in certain situations. So um, I think that they'll, they'll they'll have an off season to look in the mirror and figure things out and and you know figure out their roster. I think the Eagles are part of a larger discussion about some of the teams that have been disappointing that you expected more from. A lot of them, I think injuries have kind of derailed what it was that they were going to do. One of those yeah. teams is in action tonight against the New Orleans Saints, and that's the Atlanta Falcons, where at times the offense has looked exactly like you would think it does. At times you've seen a little bit more Steve Sarkeesian than maybe you <clears throat> had wanted to, but then on the defensive side of the ball, they lost everybody. And they lost them fast. And then all of a sudden you look up and they're 4-6 and six and they're in a division with both Carolina that's starting to show leaks in the boat, certainly, and the Saints that are probably the best team in football right now. So we will break that game down and we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors. My Oklahoma City Thunder able to beat them last night. But I just want to talk about Kevin Durant and this entire situation with Draymond Green. So much to get to. Happy Thanksgiving here from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Hour number two, Outkick, the coverage radio program on this Thanksgiving Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours from all of us at Fox Sports Radio. Clay's back on Monday. I am the aforementioned Jason Martin, joined by the aforementioned Jeff Schwartz. You can follow me at jmartzone. You can follow him at Jeff Schwartz. Brian Finley, Roberto Flores, my good friend Justin Cooper, fellow Denver Broncos fan, fellow Get Vance Joseph out of Denver fan. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I was not speaking out of turn to say that we both want Vance Joseph gone and that it shouldn't have been a hire that was made. (laughs) Jeff. He's doing a great job. Yeah, Raiders fan Roberto there saying that. Well, honestly, when we beat the Chargers, my my. my first thought was okay, cool, good win. My second thought was, uh oh, if we go on a if we go on a win streak here, is LA yeah. going to be like, oh well, let's, let's keep Vance Joseph around? That's yeah. why Cowboys fans probably y'all should not root for victories because you got to keep Jason Garrett. We're not. Year. Yeah, no, I agree a million percent with what you're saying about the Cowboys. I think Cowboys should have gotten rid of I Jason think, Garrett about three or four years ago. I think you beat the Steelers this weekend at home. Do you really? Yeah. I know that's a really tough. I know Denver is an incredibly tough place to play. 
I just I think that the Steelers are going back to back road games, physical Jacksonville, going to Denver, cold altitude. Denver's defense is still still playing well. Offensively, their offensive line, believe it or not, is actually ranked uh, much higher than you think they would be as far as uh, their ability to run block. I think they're fifth. Their offensive line is fifth. Um, fifth. Here, I have it right here. Um, it's, it's like shocking. I was looking at some some stats today. Um, their offensive line, Denver's offensive line, is ranked fifth in the NFL according to Football Outsiders, um, which is shocking, right? You not you not think that, but they run the ball really well. They're able Philip to Lindsay protect. is pretty solid. I mean, they're, we, they're we, Philip Lindsay is a heck of a pick. They're twelfth in, in sack rate. That's um, not bad. And so, I think that they have a good opportunity to win this game. I don't want to see it. Like I'm, I'm a Denver fan, so it's hard to cheer against victories. Of but we need a coach. Like we need a coach that seems equipped for the job. I think Vance Joseph's a coordinator. Maybe he gets another chance down the road, but he has shown nothing to me that indicates he should be the head coach of a National Football League team when there's only 32 of those jobs out there. There are people that could do that job better than him. Maybe there are people that could do. Actually, not just maybe. There are assuredly guys that could do a better job than John Elway as general manager, at least based on what we've seen so far. So I think there's going to be a complete overhaul at some point, although it's going to be hard to take Elway out of that gig. He might be there forever, even if he's mediocre forever. But in terms of Vance Joseph, he will be the first one, I would say, that probably falls on the sword. So you mentioned Dallas. Dallas is relentlessly dramatic, if nothing else. It's the days of our lives, the young and the restless, the general hospital of the NFL, no matter what else is going on, because that's what Jerry Jones wants. He likes everyone talking about his football team. Today they're going to be talking as at 4.30, uh, 4.30 Eastern time on Fox, yeah. Redskins will play the Cowboys. The 6-4 and four Redskins, the Colt McCoy, led Washington Redskins playing the Dak Prescott-led Dallas Cowboys. And since losing to Tennessee, Dallas has played a little bit better football since that point, since that Monday night debacle for them where the Titans yeah. were able to just basically race a horrible first quarter and then boat race them, but then they got the Eagles and then they won again, and now all of a sudden they're sitting there with a potential. Before the season started, I picked Dallas to win that division. I picked Philadelphia to fall back from where they were, but to still probably make the playoffs, but my Super Bowl was Steelers and Falcons. I bailed on it. The Steelers look like, who knows, maybe they could get yeah. there. The problem is I think they're going to play on the road, and I think that's probably going to doom them in the playoffs. The Falcons, who are also playing tonight, Jeff, I don't think that I was out of turn to suggest they could get there, but I also didn't expect them to have such a catastrophe when it came to injuries on the defensive side of the ball yeah. that has just made it too difficult for them. It's made it too high a hill to climb. Well, I picked the Falcons to make the Super Bowl, too. I thought it would be a oh, rematch okay. of, of the Falcons-Patriots from two years ago. Um, and, yes, when you lose your three best defensive players, it's kind of tough to play football, right? Um, yeah. And so, uh, look, offensively, they're seventh right now, um, fifth in passing. I mean, their offense has been what we thought, and the red zone issues they had previously have really improved under Sark. Julio Jones now is a touchdown-catching machine, which – he wasn't for a long time under under Steve Well, he's caught like three now, right? That's like yeah. that's like a four hundred percent increase on his last yeah. two seasons. So so um we know that they're 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 get they'll be I think next year they'll be fine. As far as Dallas, man, I mean it's very interesting because they're the definition, in my opinion, of, of an eight and eight team, even more than, than Jeff Fisher. I mean, their offense has gone better with Cooper, but it's not really that great of an offense. 
defensively they do some really some things really well, but the stats show you that you're not a great offense really. Uh, I mean, he's a great defense either. So they're kind of stuck in the middle, but they play in division where you know where you have the Eagles that are down, the Redskins that are missing a quarterback, and the and the, and the Giants aren't any good. So they kind of benefit from that. And yeah, I think at eight and eight they probably do get an eight and eight, which is nine and seven, and they'll probably lose in the first round. Of um, but Garrett might save his job, which is shouldn't happen. You you can't have Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, that offensive line, and be and be that this pedestrian, this average, offense. this mediocre. That's On the offense, problem. Yeah. Is yeah, with all the creativity we're seeing across the league, Dallas's offense is so stagnant. I remember looking at a next gen stat, and I think Football Outsiders also contextualized this pretty effectively and said that. Dallas uses motion almost non-existently. They have guys that just stand there before the snap, and you see no movement whatsoever. If you want to look at offenses that are actually scoring points and moving the football down the field, uh, there's constant motion. There's all sorts of things happening before the snap. None of that's happening with Scott Linehan. None of that is happening under Jason Garrett. I think Garrett should have been gone in the past, and we know the reason he's not. The reason he's not is because he and Jerry get along and he's fine just kind of being in the background and letting Jerry Jones, you know, sit in front of the cameras. And ultimately, that's what Jerry Jones wants. He wants to be a celebrity. He talks about what he would give to win a Super Bowl. Uh, he would not give that much because if he gave what he needed to to win a Super Bowl, it would be giving away his pride and his ego and actually stepping back and bringing in a Bill Parcells type alpha coach that the Dallas Cowboys have not had since Parcells, and that's been, what, 12, 13 years now? They've brought a bunch of guys in there yeah, but he, that have I mean, been he, subservient to Jerry Jones. No, Parcells but that kind of personality, I think, is what that team yeah. needs. So they do. Here's the problem with Dallas. Same problem a little bit with the Browns, is that if you're a coach, how much is Jerry Jones going to be involved? I mean, you, you, you know that he's... <laughs> He's the GM, and, and maybe he, you know, how much are you going to be able to pick and choose um, the players that you want? How much is Stephen Jones going to be involved, who probably is the um, more the acting GM right now? Are you allowed to do what you want? Now, I've heard that, that Jerry Jones is awesome, um, is an awesome kind of player's GM, right? Like the facility is nice, he treats his players well, but you're a coach, you kind of want your own little thing you know you want your own little system to be in place and if jones messes with that system you have to alter what you want to do to, to please jerry jones that's something that owner that that head coaches have to worry if you're like and i think the cowboys should go for lincoln riley if you're lincoln riley you know you you run norman right now you run oklahoma you go to dallas jerry jones was always in charge no matter what he tells you otherwise so that to me is a hindrance uh, of getting a fabulous coach in there yeah, no, I think you're right about that. Do you think it's a worse – like, if you were a coach in this situation, would you rather go to Cleveland or Dallas right now? Oh, Dallas. Dallas for sure, just because it's Dallas? Jerry Jones is not crazy. Like, I mean, right. I just I don't buy Jimmy Haslam. I mean, look, he's, he was under investigation. Um, you know, he wanted – and you could look at this. And, you know, he wanted to hire Greg Schiano at Tennessee, and, and we know that that probably was not the best hire in, yeah. in, the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, he, he admitted whether or not this is true or not. He admitted that he talked to a homeless guy, and that guy said draft Johnny Manziel, so he did. I mean, look, the, the, that, see, that feels to me 
like probably a funny story that didn't quite happen. But that's a weird story to tell the public, right? Like you just drafted a, a guy who um, has questionable, you know, off the field issues, and you draft him probably higher than people thought anyone should. And then you come out in your press conference and say, you know, I just this homeless guy told me to draft him. Like, dude, why would you? Why would you say that? The optics on that are awful. So that type of stuff worries me. If I'm going to coach with the Browns, as my owner, does, what what what? Um, how much freedom do I have? First of all, and then also, um, is he going to put up with me? I mean, he he gets rid of all these coaches early. He decides to go analytics and then bumps analytics after two years. Like, what are you getting from your from your owner? Fair, definitely fair. So I would say the Browns have not necessarily been disappointing this year, certainly, because we've seen good things and they didn't win a single football game last year. Dallas, I would say, has been a little bit disappointing. The Falcons dealt with injuries. They've certainly been yeah. disappointing. Other teams in a league that have been disappointing, I mean, the Eagles, obviously. I mean, they've had maybe the worst Super Bowl hangover a winner has ever had. 48-7 to is the biggest loss a Super Bowl champion has ever suffered in the next season. And the Saints probably could have put up more points, honestly, had they wanted to. We've seen a couple on, of teams on the first they had the ball to three and got stuffed four times in a row at the end of the game. <laughs> it could have, could have been worse. Yeah, definitely could have been worse. But I, you know, there are teams that are just bad, and you expected them to be bad. Tampa Bay has no quarterback. We said this while everybody was talking about the Fitz Magic. You and I both said on this very show that you should enjoy this while it lasts because Ryan Fitzpatrick's still a backup quarterback. And now we're seeing them just kind of go back and forth between him and Jameis Winston, and it sure looks like both of them are backup quarterbacks when you really think about it. I don't think Jameis is going to be changing any franchises either, especially I don't know that Tampa's going to commit to him, but wherever he goes, I don't necessarily think he's going to be anything better than maybe middle of the road at best in the NFL. It feels like... What Tampa has to do is start one quarterback and then immediately bring in the backup every week. <laughs> right. <laughs> because every week they do this. They get down three scores, bring in the backup, and the game. Look, the Giants game, they won by three. They should have won that game by 45. The Giants outplayed them by a, by a long shot. Um, and so it's just, it's funny how that's worked. Yeah. I think both guys are, are doomed to be backups. And, um, I thought people, you know, thought Tampa would, the three-game suspension was tough to start the season. Obviously, you don't expect to do very much after that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the Niners have been a disappointment. We know Jimmy G got hurt. That's that's why. I think people thought the Giants would be a little bit better. Obviously, that has been tough um, for, for, for them this year. Other teams that people thought Minnesota, be, Minnesota probably on yeah. that list a little bit. Their defense has certainly is, not been as good. And Kirk Cousins has uh, he's been Kirk Cousins. 12. He's looked good and he's looked bad. He's career four and twelve in primetime TV games. It's not good, man. Those are typically Yikes. the better opponents you play. And that's just nobody's amazing. been more disappointing though, probably than Jacksonville. Well, I thought they wouldn't be good this year. Um, a couple reasons. You One, thought they'd be three and seven. I thought they'd be under nine wins. That's what I thought. So hmm. obviously, um, I, I didn't know what that number would be. They're really three and seven. Three and I, seven. I, I yes. Wow. Um, They've lost six so, in a row. Couple reasons why. One is Jacksonville quarterback wise made a terrible decision sticking with Blake Bortles, 
right? That was a decision. Yes. I understand that he kind of maybe had you over the over the uh, the coals because of his injury to his wrist, and you had to pay him out his his option anyways. But you had a chance to maybe get a, a Bridgewater or Teddy Bridgewater, right. or go get yourself. Even you could have made a bid for Kirk Cousins, even um, draft a quarterback. I mean, they've passed on on Deshaun Watson. I, I don't like this idea, by the way, that. They they passed on like a Pat Mahomes. No one knew that Pat was going to be this good. Um, we knew Deshaun Watson was going to be good, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was the Heisman winner, right? He went, did he win a Heisman? Yeah, I don't, he. I don't think he won a Heisman, but he definitely won the national championship. Um, and we know that that he um, he he's a, was a great college player, and he probably was going to succeed in the NFL. And they passed on him for a running back, and then Fournette when he's out, the team is fine without him. <laughs> Um, and so, and, and lastly with the Jacksonville, they talk a lot, man. And we, we see throughout sports, and maybe this is something that we'll get to with the Warriors and the Warriors have won a lot of championships. It's hard to compare yeah. with Jacksonville, but when you are a team that's vocal, like openly vocal, not just vocal in the locker room, you know, with each other, but just openly, you talk a lot, you run your mouth a lot. The first sign of dysfunction kind of tears your locker room apart. And we see in Jacksonville, all these guys just talk. They talk all the time. And when you don't win, it kind of tears your locker room apart because then those guys start talking negatively. Those negative energies kind of, you know, kind of, uh, poli- they uh, feed on each other through the locker room. And that that's a problem. So that's why I didn't think they'd be, they'd be good this year. Yeah. So Watson did not win Heisman. He was nominated twice. I, he yes, lost I'm, to Derrick Henry yeah. and Lamar Jackson. That's what I thought. But um, national championship winner, obviously, and the year before put Alabama really tough, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he probably should have won at least one Heisman while he was there. But, yeah, I thought he should have gone number one in the draft the year that Houston made the move to go up and get him. Yeah, you mentioned the Warriors. I really want to talk about the Golden State Warriors and that situation and just whether or not not there's a remedy here. And what's going to happen in the offseason. So we'll do that coming up. It is Thanksgiving. This is Fox Sports Radio and it's Outkick of Coverage. And we'll be right back. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. Wherever you are, hopefully you're safe. Hopefully you're with family. Happy Thanksgiving. Should be a fun day of football. We're having a good time this morning on the Outkick to Coverage radio program. You can listen to it anywhere you want. FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app. You can download the podcast, join the millions that already have, 24-7, 365, however you want to consume it, whenever you want to consume it. we love for you to consume it. We appreciate you. We are thankful to you for being the audience that gives us the opportunity to do this show on a daily basis. Clay's back on Monday. I'm Jason Martin at Jmart Zone from Nashville, 104.5 The Zone, the affiliate here, and Jeff Schwartz in Charlotte at G-E-O-F-F Schwartz. I have to mention this before we start talking about the Warriors. Michael Giardi of the NFL Network, tweeted this out. The Patriots list Tom Brady as limited with a knee. Source says it happened on the double pass versus Tennessee. Source not worried about his availability for Sunday. So he's banged up, but at least the play was worth it for Tom Brady trying to catch it. Can we stop this? Like, we saw Andrew Luck do this on Sunday. He dove. In Indianapolis and dove with a bad shoulder. It was a horrible play call. My goodness. And Andrew Luck doesn't know how not to go all out. Like, you can't put him in that situation. It was an awful call, especially considering the Colts were moving the ball down the field pretty easily, honestly, against a a good defense from Tennessee. But Tom Brady, just the idea that he's limited with a knee, 
because of the double pass that happened not this this week but last Sunday. Yeah, my man is forty one years old. Like this is like getting a hernia getting off the toilet when you're 50 like this you've got to be real careful about how athletic you're trying to act if you're tom brady um i I never that's a quite a picture to think of someone getting a hernia at 50 getting off a toilet um it may happen today it's thanksgiving there's be a lot of toilets being used today uh, yeah probably (laughs) um uh, hopefully you eat. You don't have to eat stuff that's like that is uh that makes you makes that happen right Um, right right uh, was it, what were we even talking about? Not, not, not all thing about his hernias. It's all about Tom uh, Brady and Andrew Luck oh, and yeah, okay. these double yeah. passes. So, so the one thing about about um, about you know the Eagles last year was now everyone wants to run Philly special and like do and yeah. run, you know the R- Rutgers tried to run it this weekend and it gets Ohio uh, against um, Penn State or something like that. I mean, everyone's running Philly special now, and you're right. Tom Brady is too old to be doing any of this stuff, in my opinion. And the thing about uh, Andrew Luck, and you're right, is that he is going all out, all the time. That's the way he plays. And I saw him dive, and the first thing I thought was, don't get hurt. The second thing I thought was, wow, that's a great play if he can make that. But he didn't make the play. So you're laying, I just, I was like, dude, just don't, 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 like, ugh, don't hurt yourself doing that, please. That'd be the worst thing for the NFL, man. You're playing so well this year. Your offensive line is blocking so well for you. Do not get hurt diving for a pass uh, in a game where you're up huge. And Andrew Luck, who has an offensive line in front of him that you have to be impressed by, and certainly he's getting the ball out of his hand as well, hasn't been sacked in five games, wasn't even hit on Sunday, wasn't even pressured really against the Titans. And that brings up this ridiculous Dan Marino stat that I think everybody has seen now because it started making the rounds on Sunday when the Luck streak was, wow, he's gone 240 pass attempts without a sack. Well, Dan Marino is going to hold that record forever. Dan Marino had a 19-game stretch of 759 pass attempts without a sack. What's most amazing about it, Jeff, is that Dan Marino was a statue in the pocket. Dan Marino did not run. So either he has the fastest release in the history of the NFL or that's the greatest offensive line stretch ever. Like, that's unreal. Like, it's not like he's somebody that can escape pressure and escape the pocket. Yeah. This is Dan Marino. Well, I, I would imagine there is a lot more – this is a lot more complicated than, than just, than just um, you know, Dan Marino getting the ball out quickly, right? I mean, it's a combination of the ball out quickly, his offensive line, your scheme. It's got to be luck involved in this. You know, that's not – it's not something that you can just do every week. So – I think there's a, there's a lot of a lot of things here that are at play in, in the reason why you know, he went so long without giving up a sack. Um, it will happen again. I, I'm with you. I, I can't imagine it happens again. No, not. I mean, 240 sounds crazy. I mean, you're five games without a sack. You're just like, good Especially lord, what played, are they doing they, in they, Indianapolis? And they played the, they played the Texans and the Titans in that stretch, and they have good defensive and the Jaguars. I think believe in that stretch. They have good defensive lines. Yeah, they do. I mean, no, they, it really the is play, impressive. I don't think they, they play. Yeah, they play the Titans on Sunday. No, so the Texans. They play the Texans in that stretch. I don't think. Yeah, they do. Uh, no, yeah. no, they haven't. They haven't because they've won three, four in a row, or they've won four in a row. Have the Colts and the Texans have won seven in a row. Oh yeah, they lost. They them play, in, I think they uh, played before in an overtime game. You're right. Yes, you're right. But they played Jacksonville. They played uh, the Titans, who have good defensive lines. So, um, what, what do you make of your Titans, man? 
uh, I make that they're not good. Like I asked this question uh, on Monday here on the radio in Nashville, and I asked the question, I said, is this a good football team? And the answer is no, because good football teams don't lose to bad football teams. Good football teams don't get crushed very often at all. Like the Patriots got beat. They're a good football team. The Titans beat them by 24 points. I get that. But Tennessee's lost to Buffalo. They lost to Josh Allen. You know, they lost to the Dolphins. They, they played well on the got road, blanked by the Ravens. Yeah. yeah, they have not played well on the road. They got blanked by the Ravens at home. And Baltimore hasn't – or did they win with Lamar Jackson the other day? But that was, the, that was the first win they've had since they beat the Titans. The Titans are a football team that just – they play up to competition and they play down to competition – they can beat just about anybody with the exception of those three juggernaut teams, I would say, and then they can lose to anybody. To me, that doesn't make you a good team. That makes you a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight team where you have trust yeah. issues. There's not a lot of depth in the wide receiver core. Malcolm Butler's been a disastrous signing in the secondary. Mariota's injuries continue to mount. I'm not saying he's injury-prone, but I am saying he seems uh, to get hurt a lot. I, uh, I, I kind of think that... You know, when you, if you, if you can hit your too. elbow once and you can't feel your hand for five weeks, that's not good. It happened again this weekend. Well, he got a stinger this weekend, so it was a little bit different from the ulnar nerve. And the ulnar nerve is just something that it comes and goes, which is kind of scary. And it's already yeah. he was wearing a glove for a few weeks. He took the glove off against Dallas, started playing well, obviously played great against Dallas, played fantastic against New England, but was totally ineffective against the Colts on Sunday even before getting knocked out of that game and Blaine Gabbert's just not very good no offense I guess intended but offense there he's a backup quarterback but I don't think Blaine Gabbert is I mean when they signed him to be the backup that didn't make sense but the Titans had oh look they've got they've still got an opportunity they play Houston on Monday Night Football they've already beaten the Texans once if they're able to win that game they're right back in the mix they still get to play Indianapolis again before the end of the season, they'll play Jacksonville again, who they've already won against on the road in Jacksonville. So they'll get them in Nashville. So they have four of their last six at home, too. So I don't think they're getting a wild card, but the division is not completely out of the realm because I don't know how much I trust anybody in the AFC South. The Colts are playing the best football, I think. The Texans probably should have lost to the Redskins, but didn't just because of various factors that happened in that football game. I think we'll know some things on Monday. Jacksonville's really the only team that's out of it right now at 3-7, and seven, which I do yeah. think is stunning. Even if you expected them to kind of come back to earth, I don't think they anybody expected them to be 3-7. and seven. They have a terrible quarterback, man. They do. And this is a league where if you don't have a quarterback, well you got nothing. Uh, last year, everything went well for them. Blake Bortles had his best year. There were no injuries really last year besides the Allen Robinson. Like, you were just a healthy team last year. You caught a last place schedule. Um, you know, everyone was just, it, it was, it, it made sense last year when you look back on it. And this year, they just haven't had the, the luck. I mean, a little bit of this is luck. They haven't had, they, they haven't had it um, this year. And so it doesn't, three and seven, is not, I guess, is surprising a little bit. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not because they, I didn't think they were, thought they were very overvalued last year. And I'm not surprised that they are not playing well this year. I mean, when you've got Blake Bortles at quarterback, you have a ceiling, and the ceiling's not particularly high. Like, at your height, Jeff, I'm pretty sure you're having to bend down to walk through that house. That's how low that ceiling is. 
with Blake Bortles at quarterback. I mean, he and yeah. Tyrod Taylor combined for one of the worst playoff games we've ever seen from guys that were oh, actually starting that. quarterbacks and not backups just a season ago. That was before Jacksonville was able to beat Pittsburgh and almost beat New England to get there. About that. They had to play oh, in an unwatchably terrible wild card round football game that set that up. Not unwatchable, not terrible, is Brian Finley. Before we start talking Golden State Warriors, let's head out to Los Angeles, find out what happened last night in sports. Brian, take it away. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, 13 games spanned the NBA schedule last night. The front page story centered on LeBron James, who thrived in his return to Cleveland. He had 32 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists in the Lakers' 109-105 win. Meantime, are the Warriors self-destructing? The Egos, they're getting in the way. Golden State has now lost four straight games after they got hammered by the Thunder 123-95. Russell Westbrook had a triple-double. The Milwaukee Bucks shot 53% from the floor to blow out the Blazers 143-100. Yes, that is a final score. Marc Gasol made two free throws with .7 of a second left to ice the win for the Grizzlies. A 104-103 final over the Spurs. Bulls, Rockets, Nuggets, Kings, Mavericks, Knicks, Hornets, 76ers, they all won. And then three NFL games on Thanksgiving to nibble on. First at 12.30 Eastern, it's Bears at Lions. Redskins will visit the Cowboys at 4.30. And the night game will feature the Falcons at the Saints at 8.20. And don't forget, finally, one of college football's most storied rivalries, the Egg Bowl between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, will kick off tonight at 7.30. Back to you guys. Thank you, Brian. Not a lot of luster on that game this year. Certainly coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. It is easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. That's the website. Or call 800-947-AUTO. That's the phone number. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Close back on Monday. I'm Jason Martin. Jeff Schwartz with me. Roberto Flores. Brian Finley. Justin Cooper. Fellow Broncos fan. It's been the Dallas Radio style for us out on the West Coast today on Thanksgiving, working hard. Appreciate their efforts here on the Outkick the Coverage radio program on this Turkey Day. Appreciate your efforts just for tuning in to us. If you're on your way to whatever, it's probably a little bit early for you to be on your way, hopefully, because somebody's cooking and they're not going to want you to show up at 8. So maybe back off just a little bit and just listen to us and maybe try to get there around 11 o'clock. So I want to talk about the Warriors because things are not going particularly well in Golden State the good news is it's Thanksgiving it's not April Fool's Day so you've got plenty of time here to get things right but they're the fifth seed currently in the Western Conference they've lost four games in a row they're 12 and 7 the Lakers are 10 and 7 by the way but I'm actually impressed with what I'm seeing out of them right now the Golden State Warriors situation that dates back to the fracas between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant that exploded as Draymond did not pass the ball, did not call timeout as Kevin Durant's over on the side clapping his hands trying to get the orange into his hands against the Clippers that led them to overtime and led them to a loss <laughs> has been written about many times, has been written about well, and the more you hear about it, the worse that it sounds. And I think that the, the part of it that continues to speak to me is when you find out that Draymond Green, and this one was according to Yahoo Sports, point blank said, we won without you, we don't need you, uh, leave. That's what Yahoo Sports said was one of the quotes from Draymond Green to Kevin Durant. We don't need you, we won without you, leave. 
the thing about it is we won without you is what matters, as does we don't need you, because that basically echoes what every detractor of Kevin Durant said when he left Oklahoma City, that he left to go gravy train a team that just beat him, that he couldn't finish off when he had him down 3-1 to one and had home games, decided to play one of his worst games in Game 6 when Klay Thompson went off, was able to pull them back in, and then in Game 7, he and Russ both played fairly well, but the supporting cast fell apart, and the Warriors had all the momentum at that part. And as as soon as that season ends, a 73-win regular season for the Warriors, where they lost to the Cavaliers in large part, I think, because Draymond Green got suspended in the NBA Finals instead of getting suspended in the Western Conference Finals for his nut shot on Steven Adams, is that Kevin Durant then packed up and went to Golden State and won a couple of championships. But I don't think anybody thought... Boy, the Warriors need Kevin Durant, or they're not going to be win. They're not going to be able to win championships. I think there's only one indispensable part of that team. I think Draymond Green is actually very important to that basketball team. I think Klay Thompson certainly is important to that team. But the straw that stirs the drink is Steph, and I don't think that uh, you talk about Kevin Durant, Jeff, being maybe one of the two, three best players in the league. But I don't think he's one of the two or three best teammates in the league. I think Steph Curry makes a lot of people better around him. The team plays a lot faster. The ball moves better. Kevin Durant is not quite Carmelo Anthony, but he doesn't move the basketball around in the same way that the Warriors seem to have fun when Steph is out there. Kevin Durant, basically what Draymond Green accused him of in the locker room is what he's tried to escape and tried to say didn't wasn't the case and I'm winning championships and here's cupcake shoes and all of these various things to Oklahoma City fans. He basically gave the ammunition right at Kevin Durant's face. And he just basically said, yeah, we won championships before you came here. We would have won them whether or not you came here or not. Great, you can go ahead and leave because Draymond Green doesn't think he's part of the team. He thinks he's holding the team up, that he's going to leave at the end of the season, as do many of his teammates, as do I, as a matter of fact. But I think that's what it is. When you talk about a sensitive star that I didn't know was sensitive until the first critiques started getting lodged out of the Oklahoman a couple years before he left Oklahoma City that basically questioned a few things about his toughness, and he responded negatively. I thought he was just a quiet, very mild-mannered, nice guy, but it turns out he is incredibly affected by what people have to say about him, enough so that he created a burner account on Twitter. Pirate baby sounds keep going. (laughs) There you go. I mean, is that your daughter in the background? I mean, you know, he's going to be a future Laker, unfortunately, maybe. I don't know if I want him to be a Laker now. Um, but uh, uh, you're right. I mean, the, the, the sensitivity is off the charts for him. And I feel like he's always wanted acceptance. And acceptance in, in, in the fact of wanting to be the man, right? Like, mm-hmm. he wanted to be the man in Oklahoma City. But but people kind of went to Russell Westbrook. He wanted to be... The man in, in 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 Golden State, which seems ridiculous considering that Steph Curry's there, and he's never really gotten the love as as the man, even though he's won the Finals MVP right two 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 years in a row, right? Um, and he still has not gotten the love that I think he wants, the adulation he wants, right? This still looked at Steph Curry's team. Draymond Green is part of that core of Steph Curry's team, and Durant just has never, in his mind, gotten the respect that he deserves. And I think he has, but you know, it's his obviously it's his public opinion, it's his opinion, I should say, private opinion about how he feels. So 
you know, they, they just that I think fuels a lot of his behavior is that this need to be loved and get and get the praise and and be the big dog. And he, when he doesn't feel that he's getting that, this is what he resorts to. Being yeah, well, petty. I mean, he's a millennial and he's not the big dog. That's the whole problem. When you say Golden State Warriors, what's the first image that comes into your mind? It's, yeah, Steph, it's Steph Curry. Curry. It's not Kevin Durant. When and you even, think of Oklahoma City, even, you might think even think of Kevin Durant. I think it's even Steve Kerr. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think Steve Kerr would probably be especially in, second you know, and, in that list. And especially for a lot of people because – and this is – and we're not going to talk much about this, but on the political side, I think people view him as like a – a, a leader in thought, right? Like in sports, like a leader in, in, in left leaning thoughts, right? So people, I think people like Steve Kerr because of that also, besides obviously what he's done uh, on the basketball court as, as the head coach of the Warriors. So he's beloved differently than Kevin Durant is and that Steph Curry is, right? So I think that, that those personalities overshadow Durant and he wants the attention. He wants the love that he doesn't get it. And, um, I, I think that the Warriors chose. I mean, they, I don't think they know they chose sides, right? They chose to be to, to back Kevin Durant in this situation. Yeah, they basically said, "Hey, if if this is coming down to this, we got your back," because they know they want Kevin Durant to still be there, even though I think the team might be better off keeping Draymond than keeping Kevin Durant, just from a perspective of what one guy means to the team and what one guy seems to be as a teammate. And that's saying something coming from me because I'm not a giant Draymond fan. But I do recognize his value on the floor without question. We will continue on the other side. We will talk a little bit more about this Warriors situation, maybe talk some Lakers. Also, Tiger and Phil tomorrow, are you going to watch? We'll discuss. This is Outkick the Coverage. Happy Thanksgiving here on Fox Sports Radio. Renegades of Funk. One of the Rage Against the Machine songs you don't hear quite as often. Politics are garbage, but the music's good. Welcome back inside the Geico Outkick Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Jeff Schwartz down in Charlotte. I'm Jason Martin. We're in for Clay Travis. Jeff's at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. I'm at jmartzone. I want to talk. I want to keep talking about Golden State because there's more to say here. Justin Cooper and I were actually talking during that commercial break, and I think we, we kind of agree, and I imagine you two, you do too, Jeff. One of the things about Kevin Durant, and you mentioned it in that last segment, I think we've all thought about this, is that he does want the love and the adulation, and he wants to be the man. Well, if he goes to the Lakers, he's not going to be the man. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, the Really, the only chance he had to be the man was where he was because people oh, still so thought yeah. he was the star in Oklahoma City, even though the alpha of the two appeared to be Russell uh, Westbrook. If you want to become the man, then you better go to the Knicks or you better go to the Wizards, who are now having a fire sale, basically trying to trade anything they can. And everybody knows it, which means they're not going to get any value for anybody except maybe Bradley Beal. You have to go to an awful team and try to build them up from nowhere. I mean, look at Victor Ola. Victor Oladipo is the man in Indiana. What if he went for to example. the Knicks? That's what I'm saying. The Knicks is one of the places you could go. But I don't think Kevin Durant can be the man. I think he's too sensitive to be the man. He says he doesn't like that term because he's done a lot of work for mental health. And by the way, great job by him. Anybody in the league, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, anybody that's doing things for mental health and and trying to improve lives, that's a positive thing. It doesn't mean that you're not sensitive, though. And Kevin Durant has proven sensitivity. Again, I thought he was sort of mild-mannered and somebody that was rather quiet and just kind of went went about his business and was classy. And we saw his mom on TV, and she seems great. And 
all these things. Then you see him go to Golden State, and everything changes. Pretty much as soon as he left Oklahoma City, he either became a new guy or he became the guy that he always was that just proves, again, we don't know these guys. We think we do based on what we see of them, but you take him out of the small market in Oklahoma City, and even though it's not the biggest market in Golden State, it's a bunch of superstars in the NBA who had just won championships, and Steph Curry was one of the most famous athletes in the world when he joined that team. But Kevin, I don't know that Kevin Durant realized when he went there that he was just going to become part of a machine. That he was not, it was not going to become the Kevin Durant show, even though he right. has been maybe the most consistent contributor from an offensive standpoint. One very interesting stat is when Kevin or when Steph Curry rather is missing on the floor since 2014. Golden State is 23 and 22, and they've been outscored by 53 points. When he's out. And so far this season, they're 2-4 and four without him, and he's going to miss a couple of more games. And then you can go through a lot more uh, more advanced metrics and analytics stats, and you can see even more why Steph Curry is really the guy that makes that team go. Kevin Durant, it's a slower offense. Yeah. The defense kind he's of changes. Guy. Yeah, he's a very much an isolation guy. I think he's going to leave, and I think he should. I don't know what his legacy is right now. That's why when he left Oklahoma City and Clay and others argued, well, he's going to Golden State to win championships to solidify his legacy. I don't think going to Golden State solidified his legacy because I don't really credit those championships to Kevin Durant as good as he played because he joined a team that probably wins it whether he's there or not. Yeah, but you get to say that you're a champion now. I mean, that that, that never goes away, right? I mean, when it, whenever he's done playing, he will be Kevin Durant, let's say just two, you know, two-time um, you know, two-time uh, NBA Finals champion. He also won the MVP twice, right? Both those years, I believe. Yeah, uh, that, uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, two-time uh, uh, NBA Finals MVP, two-time champion. That that never leaves his his legacy, right? Like that doesn't ever leave. So that 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 is that is important for his legacy. Now. We will always have that asterisk. Well, that wasn't really his team. You know, that was Steph Curry's team. Like that'll always be there too. But you can't take the championship away, championships I say, away from him. No, you can't. But I mean, if Carl Malone had won with the Lakers, it's not like I would have thought of that as being part of his legacy. I just, I, I don't necessarily think that that improved his legacy because he's in Golden State. We'll be back. We'll break down football here in hour three. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back inside. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Outkick the Coverage, Thursday edition, Thanksgiving Day edition. Glad to have you with us. Clay's back on Monday. He's enjoying the holidays with Laura and the kids. What are they, 10, 7, and 3 now? I love doing how, this you know, show it's long like enough. The, the numbers now don't like they don't come off the tongue as well. Yeah, it's not like nine six and two anymore. Nine six and two, like just boom, 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 came off the tongue very, you know, very well. Minor four. And yeah, two, I had to try to do math, couldn't do it. Minor yeah. four and two, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Four and two. Yeah, that's it. We're done. Are they still asleep right now? Oh no, they're wide awake. My son's been up since six forty. And I got, actually got my daughter out of bed um, about a, uh, our last break before the bottom. So there's three football games today. We're going to talk about them here in one second. I mentioned this. I mentioned this off air, just kind of in our chat window, as you're down in Charlotte, Jeff, and I'm here in Nashville, and the crew out in LA as well. So there are 
people that have to work today. I'm not talking about us because I don't really classify what we do as work. I classify what we do as something we should be thankful for and blessed to have the opportunity to right. do more so than anything else. But there are people that have to work today. There are retail we, we outlets, also chose, of course. We, we also like chose to yes. work today. We could have said no. I mean, Very right? much. So, that's very true. Yeah. Absolutely true. So we're not classifying ourselves in this situation. Now, the crew out in L.A., we could probably give them some credit, but you and I aren't working. But there are people in retail outlets that are working today. There are people that are stocking shelves and getting everything ready for Black Friday, craziness that's going to happen, and some places that have to be open, like grocery stores and things like that. Right, right. So you know, I'm a coffee drinker, and I enjoy my you know, daily or bi-daily trip or you know every couple of days trip to Starbucks or Dunkin' or somewhere like that to grab coffee. And Starbucks are going to be open today, or most of them. I actually looked on the app last night to see if there would be one open after I left the show this morning. And so I'm going to hit one up on the drive home. And this seems like a day where you don't just order a coffee, grab it, say thank you, and leave. This seems like a day where you order nicely, you go in, you say hello to them, you say happy Thanksgiving to them, and you tip them. And you make sure that they know that they're appreciated for doing what they're doing. They're probably not making a ton of money. And the question I asked was, you know, what makes sense for a number for a tip on a day like today? And I'm thinking probably my coffee is going to cost me four bucks because I don't really go for the crazy stuff. But I still think that I need to hit double digits today. I think I need to, you know, give somebody, I, I, I put in $10 as a number. And just to basically say, you know, happy Thanksgiving. I'm sorry that you have to be here today, but I really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate all you do, even though I don't know any of these people by name, and maybe that's something that we should change in this society as well. Is going in somewhere as often as I do, I should probably know who these people are a little bit better and take more ownership of that and care more about who they are on a day like today, where you're thinking about Thanksgiving and all the things that you're grateful for, and the people that are in your life, and the things that are in your life, and just the many blessings that you have. A lot of times, we just walk through life and we see the same people day after day in jobs or whatever like that, and we never stop to say hello. So today I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll go in and I'll say hello, I'll say happy Thanksgiving, and then I'll give them, you know, a nice a nice little gift, a little, nothing major, but don't you think maybe 10 bucks, you think that's about right? I think so. I think it depends on what you're, I mean, what you can afford, right? I mean, you should give what you can afford. I don't think a number, I mean, I, I think that, Five to ten dollars to me it seems appropriate. I mean, if you can afford ten dollars, and sure, if you can afford five dollars, I, I am a good tipper. I think myself, like, I tip. Do you are you supposed to tip when you get takeout? Um, I do every time. I don't give the same tip I would give if I it was in I was in the the place. But like I'm I'm like a I, so I, I I would I would give more. I would I always lean on the side of giving more than probably is appropriate. Um, this is as I've I've just always done that in my life. Um. But uh, yeah, I think ten bucks is good. Um, your coffee is four dollars. Wow, I'm not. A Was that person. good or bad? Well, I mean, I, I can usually I can usually I only, get out for a little bit under four bucks. Sometimes I'll make like it about a, four dollars. What's a grande or venti coffee? Just black coffee cost. I'm not even sure. I get a when I get it, I get a venti americano, which is still pretty dirt cheap. Generally, it's about two dollars and ninety cents. Yeah, but you but you but you're paying for that milk that that they have the froth. No, I don't <laughs> do the froth at all. I don't do okay. milk. Period. Basically, so I just put a little bit of heavy cream in. But it usually comes to about three fifty when you just factor in tax, which is not terrible. But I still, 
I don't I, I don't feel like I'm rich enough to go to Starbucks every day, so I only go maybe two or three times a there week. Are people at my mom's um, law firm when she was uh, still working, people would go to Starbucks like twice a day. That's like seven eight dollars a day for coffee. Uh, depends. I mean, like if you go in there and you actually get some kind of specialty drink, you're talking seven eight dollars per visit. Oh, that's a, wow. I, I don't mean, like the. Nuts. I'm not a. I'm not a dark roast fan. So I mean, they have the blonde roast, which I don't think is terribly yeah. good anyway. So and I'm a medium. A big, they've got the pike too. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a Starbucks person really. I like. Um, I like Dunkin' Donuts. Um, yeah. Um, I like. Um, Coffee beans not bad. They don't really have them much out east. They're more on the west coast. Um, but yeah, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people who go to restaurants. Like I, I think my parents today, since we had the we had the dinner yesterday, so that I wouldn't have to travel, so I could kind of watch the sports and keep everything abreast for tomorrow's show. Uh, they're gonna go to a restaurant today, and they Chinese food I will just, be open. Yeah, Chinese will be all the buffet places and things like that will be rolling because they can make so much money on a day like today. But I do think if you're taking advantage of the services that are available, that the idea of maybe thinking a little bit more about the people that are there, and if I were there, what would make my day? Like you, I think you want to make a Thanksgiving day for somebody that's out there having to work as good as it possibly can. Uh, so that I think that's I think that's my plan. Like I'll tip more than a hundred percent of what I'm paying. Maybe two hundred percent more of what I'm paying just just to let them know that they're appreciated today. It's nothing special, but I think sometimes the little things can matter to anybody out there. I know that if I were in that situation, and I've we've all worked in jobs like that in the past in some capacity, maybe not that direct job, but the little things do matter. They do add up, and on Thanksgiving's all about thinking about the big things, but I also think it should be thinking about the little things. We thinking about the blessings that we have that we don't necessarily always take into consideration. We think about the roof over our head, and we think about the heat that keeps us from being cold and the food that's on our tables and things like that. But we don't often think of the fact that we have the luxury of sitting around and watching these football games today right. amidst people that we love. And we can sit there, and then you and I, Jeff, have the luxury of being able to come here and make a living talking about those games yeah. that these guys are playing. And it's, know, it's right? kind of incredible when you stop to think of all the small things that happen in our lives that go by sometimes that we don't even stop to think of just how privileged we are to live in a society where we can sit there and watch Rams and Chiefs on Monday night and then right. go on social media and talk about what a wonderful football game that was and enjoy it as a collective experience. I'm hoping that today's trio that begins at 12.30 Eastern time on CBS, Bears-Lions. I'm hoping we get three really good football games. I don't yeah. know that we will, but I'm hoping we get some really good games today. Yeah, you know, the question obviously is, is will is you know will we get the games? Obviously, you know, with backup quarterbacks starting in, in, you know, on, in two of these games, it's, it's going to be tough, right? I mean, uh, but these two of these, are, actually all three of them are division games. Um you know they don't. The Vikings Bears um, that might not mean very much for the North, but then the the Lions. Excuse me, not Vikings Bears. Lions Bears. The Lions still feel. I would imagine that they can they can make a run. I mean, I think they're four and six, five and six. Yeah, they're four and six. They're four and six. They had a good win at home against the Panthers, who are going to be who are going to be a playoff team. Um, and uh, they they feel. I would imagine like, look, we we can string together a couple wins and give ourselves opportunity. 
Um, and they're, uh, it's a division game, so they know the Bears well, even though they're both staffs have new coaches. Um, you go to the afternoon game, the mid, the middle of the day game, Redskins and, and Cowboys. Again, division game, Redskins without their quarterback. Uh, but Colt McCoy is a serviceable backup, and I mentioned this in hour one. I'll say it again: is we've seen this year, Matt Barkley, Mitch, uh, 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 sorry, I'm Brock Osweiler, uh, and Nick Mullins, and there's another guy too who plays. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's won a start. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert. Like there's there's guys that in their first start as a backup you know, from being a backup. Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one, yeah. um, they play really well. Because there's no film on them. There's no tendencies. And, and the tendencies are simple as, okay, third and seven, he throws the ball to his right 80% of the time, right? I mean, the th- things like that. You don't really know that on film. And then the team, I think, feels an extra responsibility, at least in this week, the first game with the backup, to, like, play better. Now, it's not – and the idea that – it's not like you're, you don't play good otherwise, but just the idea of, like, playing above and beyond what you have to do to, to make up for the loss of your quarterback. So I think McCoy – We'll keep this game close, and partly because I don't think the Cowboys' offense is very good, and the Redskins' defense, I think, can can be okay against the Cowboys. So that should be uh, a good game. Then you know the nightcap. Look, somehow the Falcons are getting twelve points in this game. It's a division game. Last ten years, Saints Falcons, only two games have been decided by more than ten points: a thirteen pointer and a sixteen pointer. So only one time. Well, and when at the time I wrote this article, Falcons were favored by by we're getting thirteen points. So it's only. One time did a team cover by more than 13 points in this game. So, division game again. Atlanta's offense, by the way, their defense, complete wreck. Offense, seventh in DVOA, fifth in, in passing DVOA. Saints are 28th or 29th in defensive DVOA against the pass. Now, question is, can the Falcons stop the Saints? And that's obviously the, the question is everyone seems to, to kind of – Always, uh, always struggle to stop the Saints. So I think the, I think the Falcons put up enough points to keep this game uh, relatively close. It's interesting. Favorites on Thanksgiving, I think, are like sixty three percent, and I, I think I think all three underdogs today are the ones that I'm backing. All right. So you talked about the Bears, and maybe they think that they can make a run, or not the Bears, but the Lions. And the Lions are four and six. I think they could be seven and seven when I look at their schedule with two games left in both division games that would be tough wins, certainly. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they could be 7-7 seven and seven because I'm with you. I think they can beat Chicago today. I almost predict that they will beat Chicago today with the short week, with no Mitchell Trubisky. Just a lot of things that don't seem to be going in the Bears' favor, even though I think Chicago's a better football team overall. So that makes them 5-6. and six. Then they play the Rams. They're going to lose. So they're 5-7. and seven. Then they get two winnable games. Now, they're both road games, so they play at Arizona and at Buffalo. If they win those two games, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. And then they have Minnesota and then at Green Bay to finish off the year. Right. It's not inconceivable to think right. that they finish 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. It's not. I don't think that's good enough to get them a wild card or to win the division necessarily. But in terms of them making it interesting, now if they go down today, I think you can pretty much say that's a wrap. But if they get the job done today, maybe that becomes something to pay attention to because it looks like they have something to play for down the stretch. Right, and I think that's what it is, something to play for, especially after the way they started this season. To be able to to finish in this manner would be great for the first year of Matt Patricia. I don't think anyone thought they were a playoff team considering you know, new new coach and, and you know, first time head coach and we know some of these New England guys struggle when you know when they become head coaches. So I think the 
this a positive an eight eight season I think would be a positive after starting zero and two and something to really build on. Actually, they found the running back of the future for them. I think their defense will continue to get better with Matt Patricia as their leader, and so this gives them opportunity to just keep kind of building on on where they started. Are you surprised that we haven't seen more from Golden Tate? Or does this just prove how tough it is to grab a receiver at midseason, throw him into a new situation, and be effective? Because he hasn't done a lot in Philadelphia, and it doesn't look like Detroit has been harmed all that much because it's just given more looks to guys like Galladay. And I guess Marvin Jones has been out for a little bit, but Galladay really looks good. Like He, he looks like he's somebody that's definitely going to be a force in this league for the next couple of seasons for sure. Well, I think Galladay is uh, – I'm not surprised. I mean, he, he had a really good rookie season, um, and he continues to, to play really well. Um, you know, yeah, think about Tate. It just The Eagles are seem broken on offense. I mean, they do. They really do. And, and it doesn't really make sense except for the no, fact that they lost their brain trust. Right. And I thought that Tate would fit in better. I mean, he's, the, he's a wide receiver that's great in a West Coast scheme, which is quick passes – you know, then yak yards after catch, and, and Golden Tate is the best in the NFL yards after catch. And they just they haven't found the right way to use him. He hasn't really had opportunity either to to break a big one in special on special teams. Um, it seems now that the trade wasn't very bright for the Eagles. I know what they're trying to do they're trying to go all in and win again, but the Lions got a draft pick and they got rid of Golden Tate. I think that the Lions end up winning this trade. And the Lions also made a nice trade with or, or a nice acquisition of Snacks Harrison, too. Like, I mean, they, they did some good things, you would think, right before the trade deadline. So it's going to be interesting, interest, interesting to see because you've got a backup quarterback situation with Chase Daniel. And we talked about how in a first week that can be a good thing. I don't know in the case of Chase Daniel. And again, this is a really short week for the Bears, and they had a really tough game against an opponent where they knew everybody was going to be paying attention. And I think most people. Went into that game expecting that the Vikings might be able to get right and sort of remind the Bears that they're not quite there yet. Weren't right. able to get that job done, and now the Bears have expectation. And it can be a little bit tougher to play with expectation, especially on a short week, especially without your starting quarterback. It just looks like this could be a tough day for the Bears, I would say. We'll continue to talk about these games. We're also going to talk about our Thanksgiving plates and what's to be expected today and what was expected yesterday. <laughs> Just very fascinated to find out what it is that I ate yesterday and what I'm going to eat today. So we will talk about all of that. Plenty more to get to on this Thanksgiving edition of Outkick the Coverage. We'll be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. Happy Thanksgiving out there, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you with us. It's the Outkick the Coverage Radio program coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com. For a free rate quote, appreciate you tuning in. And if you have not already, you can listen to us 24-7, 365, whenever you'd like, however you'd like, in whatever capacity you'd like. Subscribe to the podcast, Outkick the Coverage. Join the millions that have already done so. Clay's back on Monday. I'm Jason Martin, formerly his executive producer at Zone on Twitter. Joined by eight-year NFL offensive line veteran Jeff Schwartz at Jeff Schwartz. If you would like to follow him on Twitter as well, Patrick Mahomes Monday night. Jeff, you you watch the Chiefs very very I closely. I think we all are now, but I you've do. been watching them for for quite some time. You enjoy that team. Your brother plays on that team as well. Patrick Mahomes had some turnovers on yeah. Monday night. Drew Brees has one interception on the season. I saw this debate kind of making the rounds over the past few days. 
I don't. I think it's sort of unfair, but I also think it's sort of interesting. And that is, did Pat Mahomes help, harm, or not really change his case for MVP based on his performance on Monday night? Um, I don't think he did anything. For I think Drew Brees is, is clearly the MVP. Almost 77% of passes. His passer rating is 126, 25 yeah. touchdowns, one interception. Like, he, he is the MVP. And, and it, I guess if Mahomes had won that game and threw six touchdowns and no interceptions, maybe you'd think differently of him. But I think that this award, and Drew Brees has never won the NFL MVP, um, is Drew Brees' award. And it, it could almost be like a lifetime achievement thing. Like, dude, you never won before. You're having an amazing year. Here's your award for having this amazing year. Cause I it's, it's, it's crazy to me that he's never won the MVP, and look what he's completing six seventy seven percent of passes. That's absurd. Man. It's absurd. That's, I mean, it's, it, it's absurd. It, yeah, it, it is utterly ridiculous. I don't like calling it the lifetime achievement award only because. No, but I, just think it's, I think it's he's. Due no, I know what MVP. you're saying. Absolutely, but I think that he also has earned it. Uh, absolutely yes, earned it. There are some people where yeah, it's going to be a lifetime achievement award because he's never won it before, and this is his last time he can win an Emmy. Whether you know if you're John Hamm or somebody like that, in this case, Drew Brees has had the chance, and so has John Hamm. As a matter of fact, many times he could have won for Don Draper when he did not win because he was going against a mate on his own network in Brian Cranston yeah. on AMC. Drew Brees has played with some great quarterbacks and sometimes just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. One thing about Drew Brees that I think is really intriguing. You think about all the great quarterbacks in this yeah. league now, especially the the elder guard, the guys that were playing around the time Drew Brees has been playing throughout his career. Polarizing guys. Tom Brady is a polarizing guy. I believe Aaron Rodgers is a very polarizing guy. Phillip Rivers is a polarizing guy. Do you know anybody that doesn't like Drew Brees? Like I can't stand the Saints, and the reason why, and no, I don't know that I have a right. great reason for this, I hate Sean Payton. I, I just dislike Sean, hate's a strong word. I do not like Sean Payton. I don't know if it's the attitude, or the there's something about him that's always rubbed me the wrong way, and it's made it hard for me to ever pull for the okay. Saints. But Drew Brees has to be one of the most likable superstar quarterbacks we've ever seen in the NFL. I don't know a single person that even if they don't like the Saints, doesn't like Drew Brees. I mean, even even Aaron Rodgers' family doesn't like Aaron Rodgers at times. Do you see that tweet? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Oh, my God. Jeez, way to air your family business out in public there, buddy. Yeah, that was a little um, ridiculous. Um, but, no, and, and, and even and besides Drew Brees, and the reason I think people like Drew Brees is he is a great person in the community as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. what happened with Katrina and the things that he has done to help New Orleans – after that, um, though, all those things I think lead us to like Drew Brees even more. He's done nothing wrong in his career, right? He he always says the right thing and acts the right way, and um, he's beloved. And you know, for obviously first ballot Hall of Famer, might end up breaking most of the passing records, uh, the touchdown records coming soon, and he has done it in you know the way I hate this word, but the right way, and and mm-hmm. that I think should be commended. It's why people really like Drew Brees. And you're right. You, people, There are people that hate Tom Brady because he's you know New Englander and they've won five Super Bowls and he's got a supermodel wife and he lives a different life than the he's rest got of a us moat. do. Um, he's got what? He's got a moat. Around his house? Yes. More power to him. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if you can afford a moat, 
You might as well have a moat and a drawbridge. I'm just saying, like that's that's another part of that narrative with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is that, really, is that a real thing? He has a, he has a he has a. Maybe I don't think he has a drawbridge, but I'm pretty sure Brady has a moat. I remember that story a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm looking it up one more time. Yes, yes, they, that $50 million Brady's house that's described a as a castle with a moat. Tom Brady's new, uh, uh, let's see here. There's yeah, photos it does. of it. Yeah, it does, I, yeah. I, I knew I wasn't making that out. Well, it has like, a I mean, moat out the yeah, back. Yeah, it's got a moat. Front. Yeah. It's a moat, dude. If you have a moat, you've got a moat. I don't care if it's in the front or the back. It's not a pool. It's a moat. I don't know if there's a drawbridge, like I said, but there is a bridge to get across the moat. But they, I guess back in 2014, they put their $50 million moat-covered or, or moat-surrounded castle uh, on the market and has 22,000 square feet of, fa- feet of space. But Tom Brady, I think, is more... He's controversial because he plays for the Patriots, and they've had Deflategate, and they've had Spygate... And just because they've won a whole lot, and Tom Brady is everything that most dudes would wish they could be. And so I think that that's made it that way. I mean, I'd like to be Drew Brees, too, but Drew Brees, you just never hear a negative story about that guy. And you never sit around with your with your bros or whoever it is that you talk sports with and bury Drew Brees. Like, it's never happened. That I've never been in a conversation. I've been in conversations where Aaron Rodgers has been dogged, where Rivers has been dogged, where Brady has been dogged, even where Peyton Manning has been dogged. Various folks. I've never heard anybody actually say negative things about Drew Brees. Ever. Well, you should come to Charlotte, I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of Panthers fans. Well, I'm sure there's Falcons Brees. fans would too, but th- I don't think they'd say anything about his character. They wouldn't say um, anything about the person that he is. No, I, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I think it's very rare to have an athlete like Drew Brees who is um, beloved on the playing field but also beloved off off the playing field. Um, I think Eli Manning, who I played with, is sort of the same way. I mean, never anything bad besides the Eli right. faces on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, and people make fun of Drew Brees' you know, mole, obviously. But, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of par for the course. But uh, no one really hates those guys. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? I mean, it really is, because it seems like that quarterback spot, it just breeds controversy. And I'm looking at some of these younger quarterbacks, and I'm saying, who has the Drew Brees in them, in terms of being an affable guy? I think Mahomes seems to be a fairly likable guy from all I can get. I mean, he's got this catch-up thing out there. Everything about him right now seems to be pretty positive. I haven't seen him being demonstrably negative on the field. I don't know a whole lot about Jared Goff's personality outside of the Halle Berry audible. So, I mean, that's out there, but Jared that Goff seems his. to be fairly likable as well. Deshaun Watson has dealt with a, some racial slurs in a very positive way. He hasn't used those. He's he's responded in a very good way. I think Carson Wentz seems to be fairly likable as yeah. well. Like A lot of these younger quarterbacks, it seems like they're cut from a cloth that makes them a lot less controversial unless you just want to point to holes in their game. Well, a couple of things here. I think one is they're very young, right? I mean, Drew Brees was not looked like at this until he got to New Orleans, until Katrina happened, right? I mean, that was already, he was already well in his career. I think that, True. that the quarterback that you follow in Tennessee, Mariota, has a oh, lot yeah. of those qualities. Yes, he um, does. And I think that, that he's just not nationally known. Obviously, if they were to play better and win Super Bowls, I think that, that his 
the way he approaches life and his giving. And I know there's videos all the time of him staying after games to to throw the ball with fans or high five the fans. He's a tremendous hide- person, even with that hideous mustache he's sporting right now. Um, yeah, it's November. Yeah, but does it should be a, a no. No November for you, buddy. You're trying. You're trying. You're trying. I was trying. I was trying hard. There. I couldn't. I couldn't come up with it. I couldn't do it. Because um, uh, as I said, November was. It's already November, anyways, right? So yeah. I can't really yes. do that, man. Whew, you, you, you could. You could hear the wheels spinning in my head. Um, yeah, I was waiting to see how you're going to bail out of it, and you went with Mo November, which is o- almost okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. Uh, so Mariota is fantastic. Yes, fantastic person. Yeah, and there, I think a lot of these young quarterbacks seem to be, seem to be cut that way. I mean, I, like I said, we don't know them. That's the same thing as when we were talking about Kevin Durant last hour. We got to be real careful about who we crown, even in our own minds, as acting like we know them. There's that whole "don't meet your heroes" thing. Kevin Durant seemed like that kind of guy. It doesn't necessarily appear that he is that kind of guy in certain respects. He may still be a great dude. He just seems to be sensitive and maybe not the world's greatest teammate. Drew Brees, I think we have enough evidence at this point that Drew Brees is not Shooter McGavin in disguise. Drew Brees is, he seems to be as authentic as they come. And maybe that's why I dislike Sean Payton because he comes across as inauthentic. Maybe I'm wrong. Like you kind of bailed on me when I said that. I I don't know why I dislike Sean Payton. Probably because of of Bounty Gate, I guess. I don't know. No, I mean, that's Greg Williams. I, I don't like fine. Greg Williams. Sean Payton just there's something about him that just rubs me the wrong way. Maybe I'm the only one in the world that feels that way. But Drew Brees is doing some amazing stuff. One interception with as often as he's passing the football. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. His what he's doing this year is is absolutely incredible. And we're going to get a chance to watch him again tonight as he plays against another pretty solid quarterback in Matt Ryan. A lot of offense probably coming tonight. I would so say so much offense. Yeah, not as much as Monday. Because I don't know that we're ever going to see that necessarily again, but there's going to be some points scored tonight, and it ought to be fun. Let's bring in Brian Finley one more time today and find out what's happening in the world of sports on this Thanksgiving. We'll send it out to L.A. now. Brian, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, I mean, speaking of offense in the NBA, I mean, defense apparently was optional last night in 13 games that were played. The front story centered on LeBron James, who thrived in his return to Cleveland He had 32 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists in the Lakers' 109-105 win. Meantime, the Warriors, what is going on? They haven't tasted victory in some time. All those egos, guys trying to figure out how to play together. A four-game losing streak now after they got steamrolled by the Thunder, 123-95. Russell Westbrook had a triple-double. Marc Gasol made two free throws with .7 of a second left to ice the win for the Grizzlies a 104-103 final over the Spurs, and Memphis is in first place in the Western Conference. Who saw that coming? And we have three NFL games today to nibble on. First at 12.30 Eastern, it's Bears at Lions. Then the Redskins will visit the Cowboys at 4.30, and the night game will feature the Falcons and Saints at 8.20, and sprinkle in some college football into your day as well. The Egg Bowl between Mississippi State and Ole Miss will kick off tonight at 7.30 Eastern. Back to you guys. Thanks, Brian. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. 
The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you from all of us here at Fox Sports Radio. Happy Thanksgiving to Clay Travis and Laura and the family as they are going to enjoy the next couple of days off. Clay will be back in the saddle on Monday. I'm Jason Martin. Blessed to have the opportunity, as always, to be behind this Fox Sports Radio microphone talking to you across the country. Jeff Schwartz, blessed as well, down in Charlotte. He's at Jeff Schwartz. I'm at Jmart Zone. Crew out in L.A. doing a fantastic job as well. So it is Thanksgiving. So let's talk a little bit of food, Jeff. Ask your question. Well, I'm just, I know you've lost a lot of weight, so I'm just fascinated on how you approach Thanksgiving because I know, generally speaking, that you don't have many cheat meals. Yes. And yesterday was another example of it. Like, I found myself, it's tough. It's weird. I think this is kind of where you want to get to. And this is actually how dad said this yesterday to me. You know, the desserts are out. And you've got the pumpkin pie, which I absolutely love. And you've got, you know, chocolate pie and all sorts of various things that are out there. And I just stared at them and I couldn't eat any of it. And I just said, look, I'm not wired to do this anymore. Like I can't even, I can't even bring myself to do this. And I went to, you know, I went to the grocery store last night and I was looking, maybe I could find maybe a, just a slice of sugar-free cake or something like that, that maybe I could eat today that, that wouldn't necessarily affect my carbs which is what I continue to watch mainly and there was nothing so you know I just had to you know grin and bear it and leave I I saw tons of stuff that I wanted I just I'm I can't even do it anymore my mind has changed to that point but in terms of food no it's just not it really isn't so I mean I had turkey and I had green beans and I had salad no romaine lettuce by the way if somebody tries to feed you romaine today find out what you did to that person and make amends because you don't want E. coli coming out of your Thanksgiving meal. Romaine, you can't even buy it in stores now. There's signs basically everywhere you try to buy lettuce. But, yeah, I mean, I had some salad. I had some ham. I, I had normal stuff, and when it came down to dessert, there just wasn't much. I had a piece of sugar-free candy, and, you know, it, I just kind of yeah. left it at that. It's just That's just where I am at this point. I, I'm blessed yeah. to be able to say that, that my mind won't even let me do it anymore. But, you know, you'd like to be able to cheat and feel good about it, but I just know if I eat that slice of pie, I'm going to think about it for three or four hours afterwards, and to me, that's just not worth it. Yeah, so I am not a big sweet tooth, so the thing that I will love today, I love salt, Mm -hmm. like crispy salt, so I'm frying, like a deep frying turkey, and so, like, I just love the skin, like the the, the skin is like, oh my God, that's like my treat, and so I've gone to the point now where... Um, I really am, am not a, um, I'm okay with just almost eating the turkey itself. Like I'm not a big side. Like my wife's gonna make some macaroni today. We'll have some sides. I assume we'll have stuffing and things like that. But I just want the turkey, man. I I've bought a couple extra legs and wings. I'll, I'll fry them, throw them in the fryer as well. And just eat that the next couple of days. I, I, my wife's going to make a, a pie. I'll actually eat a little bit of the pie because it's a chocolate pie. So it'll be pretty good. Um, right, but like that's it. Like I'm not, and, and you're right. Like last night, my wife and I. So my parents are in town, and um, we we my Jewish family gets a Christmas tree every night before Thanksgiving. So we got our tree last night um, and put it up in the house, and and did have enough. Whatever. So we went to Target, and you know what? Let's get some frozen yogurt. Like we haven't had it like a night to just like go get some dessert in a long time. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? It's just not worth it. <laughs> like I could, I, I don't need it that badly. I can live without it. We're having pie tomorrow 
and I just don't want to work out anymore. Like it just, you know what I mean? Like you, you get to a point, yeah. I think you're at this point too, where you weigh the pros and cons of eating the food. And for me, if it was, and I think when, when you get to a point where you, where you do watch your weight, you think ahead. I think when you're not watching your weight, you never think ahead to what other meals you're going to eat. You oh, that, no, that's, that that's definitely true. Like I already know what's going to happen today. Like I know what I know what I'll eat for lunch, and I know probably what I'll eat for dinner, and I know if there's a snack, what that's going to entail, and that's just kind of a natural even, thing. Even, it's not something I write the, down. But you even look. But you even look to yeah. next um, day and the weekend. The yeah, I'll day. say, hey, I might go out with you know this person, and we might go to a restaurant or something like that. So I know I'll probably not be able to eat the way I want to on Saturday. So I'd better be more careful over the next right. couple of days. All of that becomes just a natural factor in your mind. You're absolutely right. And and when you were, I'm sure when you were heavier, that was never a thought, right? Oh really? no, of course not. Almost well, the only thought would be which fast food am I going to hit up? Like it didn't really matter uh, past that. I just knew it's just like, well, is it going to be McDonald's today, or is it going to be Wendy's today? Is it going to be Burger King today? Is it going to be all of the above? Am I going to go to Zaxby's? Am I going to do you know whatever it is? That was it was generally which restaurant am I going to hit up tomorrow, as opposed to. All right. Well, you know, I had this today, so tomorrow the plan yeah. probably is I'll bake I, a chicken breast and have some green beans and a salad, and that'll be my dinner. That is yeah. true. That's something I haven't really thought about. But you're right. You do start to think ahead because you're starting to plan out, even to the extent of like your beverages or things like that. Just just everything I starts just to water, change. So it's not, yeah. yeah um, well. I haven't had God. Fast food is so good. I haven't had fast food in. Me either. Chick Fil A grilled nuggets twice, is about it. I probably have it twice a year, and and the only time I ever really like twice a year for myself, maybe at the most. And normally it's like when I'm traveling, and I just got to eat something really quick, or I'm on really on the run. Um, but what like, I miss, you know, is, I, I, what I, I miss is pizza. Pizza is what I really miss. Oh, we eat pizza because my my kids. I mean, yeah, sure, pizza. Um, but uh, uh, um. I'll steal a Chick Fil A nugget for my kids every now and then. When we go to Chick Fil A, so I don't. Yeah, and they're they're not terrible. Ever. They're they're not terrible, but there's a lot of stuff that I used to eat that I never would have seen a time when I would not have wanted to eat that again. I don't even think about that stuff. I don't even know what restaurants are on my road anymore because I don't even look. And like I said, I'm blessed for many things and thankful for many things, and that's definitely one of them. We got one more segment coming up on the other side. Tiger versus Phil's coming up tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, or maybe we'll just keep talking food. Glad to have you with us. Happy Thanksgiving here on Fox Sports Radio. Incubus bringing us home today. I'll kick the coverage. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We are thankful for you. Thankful for the audience across Fox Sports Radio making it possible for us to be blessed enough to do this for a living. Jeff Schwartz joins me. He's down in Charlotte. He's at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. Former offensive lineman. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Crew out in L.A. doing a fantastic job as well. Jeff Schwartz also has a Christmas tree in his house. I do, it, and it'll be your gone. wife. It'll your be, wife. Your wife has no chill when it comes to the Christmas trees. It, it will be. What do you mean by no chill? Meaning she's getting that thing up quick. Wait, so you can say no chill, but I can't say fly. I just had fun with the fact that you said fly. Okay. Like, no, he's I mean, got you can, Jason. Really. I mean, yeah, no I chill. I, I'm tongue in cheek. It's not like I said no chill, thinking that it was on point. I said no chill because on point it now? Would look stand at you using all the look at you <laughs> on point now too. Jeez, Jason! <laughs> wow, I'm just stepping in it deeper and deeper right now. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, uh, 
So you can't got nowhere to go. I know. My, so my my original point is my wife talking about no chill. My wife um, is very. Um, she's not OCD, but um, she likes a very clean house, and she likes she changes things very like she'll just move stuff around the house all the time. Like she never can sit still. I think that's every um, every wife though. I think every poss- wife does Also that. possibly true. I've only lived with one thing. wife, so I don't know. I can't tell you for everyone. Uh, but yes, it feels like that's a very wife thing to do. So the tree will be out on the side of the road by probably 9 a.m. on Christmas morning. Like once once the gifts are out from underneath it, it's over. Yeah, and, we're just, and the kids just get one gift because we do Hanukkah. So they just get oh, one right. Christmas gift, and then that's it. And, and of course, they overlap, but this year they don't overlap. So... Um, yeah, so it, it that's it. Like we'll be it'll be done nine a.m. True, will be out there. My wife was up till midnight last night. Like I was, I went to sleep. I'm like, I, I'm, I'd love to help you, but I'm. This, this is your deal. So, true looks great. Everything's up. We have a thousand lights on that thing, um, and uh, ready to go, man. In the Thanksgiving, I can't wait to fry my turkey today. Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna take a little nap well, after this, maybe. And just, <laughs> well, you're only a couple of minutes. Yeah, you're only about a couple of minutes away. Doing. I was going to say we're going to talk Tiger Tiger versus Phil, but we'll wait to do it tomorrow since we'll the event tomorrow. is tomorrow as well. Let's talk about these games here for the last minute or so. How do you see these playing out, Jeff? Bears, Lions, I think we both think Detroit probably yeah, gonna, think, or has a real good shot today. I'm taking the I'm taking on the gamblers. I'm taking all the all the underdogs, which I, I know okay. favorites win a, a fair amount Thanksgiving. But I think it goes Lions, Cowboys, and then the Saints. But uh, the Redskins cover – and the um and uh, the uh, the Falcons cover those games. So you picked all the home teams as well. Uh, yes, I did. No, Falcons are on the road. Redskins are on the road. I thought oh, you. Just, oh, you mean no? Oh, you picked the, the Lions, spread. Cowboys, and Saints. Yes, those, I those the are home all the home teams, teams to win. But I picked yes, but, two of the road right. teams to cover. Right. Okay. Yes. That became more complicated than it needed it to be. So it the did, Lions, yes. the Cowboys, I think you're right about the Cowboys. I, I'm very curious to see how Colt McCoy plays. He is definitely somebody that can win football games for you as a backup in this league. Oh, so yeah. we'll see how he does against Dallas' the secondary. Can anybody stop New Orleans? Well, Atlanta's defense is not going to be the one that does it. The question no. is how much their offense is able to do to stay in this game in New Orleans. I continue to believe that if New Orleans does indeed have home field advantage through the playoffs, ain't nobody going to be able to beat them. In the Superdome, Nobody. and they're going to be headed to the Super Bowl. It's just going to be too much to ask. We will break all three of these games down. We'll talk about Tiger Phil. So much to get to. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours from Outkick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. 
There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.